0: We just kind of started talking, so I have no idea how Ron's going to edit the intro, but he's probably going to put something cool there. The door is inside, just open your mind,
1: open your eye, that's when you realize we're in this together, we all are connected inside, the soul of the universe lies, this pain that I feel I can't hide, we're over invisible lines, channeling spirits divine, speaking through me and my rhymes, the soul of the universe cries, deep meditations controlling my breath, control my desires. I and I faced all my fears looking inward while clearing my karma. My consciousness rises, I manifested my visions into physical things. I'm chasing my dreams, I took a step back from the world and focused on me. Blessings seeds. Yes, yes, yes,
0: yes, 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 yes. So right here is the sweet spot.
1: Right there is the sweet spot. We got a 40 flat.
0: Foldy folds, oh, my Terry
1: folds. Oh, I got to show it ear too. Yes. Yeah. They want to see that ear. They want to see my ear. Show your ear. Show my foldy flap. Show your foldy flappy ear. That was really, really funny.
0: <laughs> it's so funny because uh, one of my buddies I met online years ago playing Rocket League, that, that game that I, I played pretty uh-huh. heavily for a long time. He's the one that showed me that video over the internet the other day because we still keep in touch through Discord. So we get in Discord conversations sometimes. but So he showed me that, and that immediately reminded me of, you know, how we start, even just talking about it last podcast, just how we started, just being silly, you know, even though it was over-the-top silly, like it was still kind of just meant to make people feel good and laugh yeah
1: you know what i mean that's so funny because when you was playing that a part of me is sitting there thinking like did we make this (laughs) you know what i'm saying that's how close it was to reminding me of stuff we did right i'm like wow this is so funny
0: just in case this gets on the 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 podcast the, the version that we actually put out that's the guy that created Rick and Morty, and I'm not a big like Rick and Morty buff, so I don't know the guy's name. I apologize, but he also made a song called Terry Folds. <laughs> it's so funny! It's so funny. You gotta you, have you gotta to go YouTube it. To it. You gotta What's it YouTube called? it. Terry Folds. Terry Folds. You have to go listen to Terry <laughs> you Folds have to listen to Terry Folds. <laughs> oh and God. if you're a Rick and Morty fan, you'll probably appreciate it a hundred times more than I do because you're probably already a fan of this guy.
1: So I just thought this is funny. It's so funny
0: but i don't know i think it it ties in you know a lot of the the music creations that's happening now are are feel-good creations and even though it was a different type of feel-good back then it was still based around the idea of
1: like feeling good make people laugh and i don't know i really like how you said that because you know that's so true man um if you can make a song feel good, right? because that's what I've been struggling with. Like I was kind of talking to you before we started, how I'm challenging myself on this song, especially that I'm working on now. But that's the challenging part is I'm trying some new things that I think will make people feel good by hearing it, you know? Right. Uh, It's challenging, but that's that's really neat you say that.
0: You know, that's multiple reasons I respect comedy is because... When you laugh, it releases the good endorphins in your brain. But comedy is, like we've had this conversation before, comedy is literally the last profession where people will pay to just listen to you talk. Mm-hmm. Like, There's a lot of people that get paid to talk, like if you're doing a seminar, but that's different. Comedy attracts people that that go to feel good listening to people make them laugh. But they're also some of the last people, along with musicians, that I feel like can speak truth to power. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they can. My favorite comedians, you know, like George Carlin and Lenny Bruce and Bill Hicks and Heck, dude, even Chappelle. Man, Chappelle just came out with a new special on Netflix that I watched the first twenty minutes of, and he's very aware and he works that into his comedy, and I respect that immensely. You know, because I've I I feel that responsibility. And I can tell that he feels that responsibility too. And it's not that everything he says is over the top
1: conscious. Right. But he, he, he's putting out truths. Oh dude, he's putting out so many truths. I like a Dave Chappelle saying that says, uh, something he's probably said in the last couple of years. He says, uh, being awake, isn't cool. It means having to dumb down 98% of your conversation. So you don't sound crazy. Right. <laughs> that's true so true
0: that's very true and it's hard it's hard to you know I don't like the term woke but it's hard to be aware and awake because they're the topics that that you end up having to look at a lot of times are depressing it can you know eat at you over time I think so it really can yeah it can you have to take a break you know like we, I, we even talked about it in the last podcast you know everybody's level of information overload is different. you know you have to, you have to know your limits and you have to not get sucked in to think the world is a totally negative place because it's not. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to acknowledge areas that need improvement. And to do that, you do kind of have to do your own research or at least look outside the mainstream narrative because so true. The, the, so many things that are true end up putting people in p- positions of power it paints them in a negative light, you know? Yeah, man. So it's been just a little over two weeks since the last podcast. You've put out a new song since then, and now you're working on another one?
1: Yeah. um, It's, yeah, I just put out a new single, and it's called Let Your Conscience Rise, and I really like it. It's beautiful. Um, I really like this one I'm working on right now, and what I want to say about it. It's called It's All About Love. But how you was kind of just saying, um, you know, it can be overwhelming doing research and stuff like that. So I went into this song with uh, the idea that I really didn't want to, I wanted it to be more of a spiritual song than I did like uh, socially conscious. Mm -hmm. And as I'm writing it, the socially conscious stuff kind of just come out. And my whole point is as much as I try to limit myself, um, that stuff just comes out because that's natural. Yeah. Because that's what's, that's where a lot of my pain, uh, really comes from. Right. You know, so I'm good at like balancing that, but I didn't necessarily want to write a socially conscious song, but now I wouldn't have it any other way. So I'm not going to put limitations on myself as an artist anymore because I realize this is the stuff that needs talked about. Right. Like this is where the pain in my soul's coming from. Like right. Why suppress that? I, I. In my music, I love you know. that. Yeah. Right? So you know, I just thought that was neat that you said that because I was just going through this with this song just recently. So, but yeah, uh, the one I'm working on now, I really like it. I should have it done in a few days.
0: So, so many of the best, in, in my opinion, so many of the best artists of any kind in the world are the ones that use pain as a motivator. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, it's personal pain, you know. But that doesn't that doesn't have to be the only thing that you find pain in. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't just have to make everything about how it's affected you directly. I'm not saying right. you as an artist. I'm just. It, Speaking in generalizations, you know, a lot of artists will only make music that is from their perspective, from their perspective of something that's happened to them in their life. But when you look at the world, there's a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a lot of pain and there's a lot of pain that gets swept under the rug and and not acknowledged. So I I respect and I love the fact that 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 you resonate and empathize with that pain and and use it as a motivator, you know,
1: thank you. There's a lot of pain behind my lyrics. Um, I rarely cry. I rarely... It, something has to be pretty important for me to cry. I'm, I'm really good at uh, controlling my emotions. But if something... If I do need to cry for a reason, then I will. Right. But I rarely cry. I mean, very rarely. But I will say, um, since I've dived headfirst into doing a lot of writing these past, past couple years... As I'm reading my lyrics, uh, my eyes will water often. Uh, There is a lot of pain that is behind these lyrics, man. There really, really is. I
0: know. I know. And that's... It's unfortunate that you've had those experiences, but it's such... uh, uh, I respect so much that you use it as a motivator, and there's a lot of people that can
1: relate. Well, it's not even... uh, I'm just going to be honest, too, because I think I misled you there. It's not even about my drug experiences. Like, that's not—I'm just saying, like, when I'm talking about people being hungry and people being homeless. Yeah. That's where my pain is. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that my drug past drug experiences aren't painful to me, but those aren't necessarily the things that I've shedded tears while writing about. Right. You know, uh—
0: I I respect that.
1: It's really weird, man, like that's one of the only times I ever catch myself crying is when I'm writing lyrics. It's so weird. I I put a post on Facebook and I don't think I kept it up very long, but it said um it said people will never understand the the pain behind these lyrics.
0: I don't remember when we found them. Um Vancouver Sleep Clinic. Gosh, that's a great group, right? But man, I'll tell you what—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not even always the actual lyrics themselves, but it's the emotion—the emotion, the emotion yes—in—in in the sound of the voice, like it's—it's haunting. Yeah. You know. Hmm. But my whole point is, the only thing that really brings a tear to my eye, a, a lot of times, is—is is music. Music that I either connect with lyrically. Because emotionally. I emotionally. Re- or emotionally.
1: Same here, man. You know? Yep. And so... Same here.
0: I feel like that's a good sign that when you are reading your lyrics or writing your lyrics, that they are emotionally driven. Yeah. You know, because that's the type of music that I, I can't speak for you, even though you can disagree. I think we both seek out that type of music. Absolutely. Whether we make it or not. We want Absolutely. music that we can connect to emotionally or lyrically. And yep. sometimes both, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But speaking of amazing bands, we're going to see Tash this weekend,
1: dude. Dude, I am so looking forward to going and seeing her.
0: Oh my gosh! If you guys don't know Tash Sultana. you have to check her out. You have to look her up. Dude.
1: I mean, she's just a great soul.
0: Oh so oh, and she's made she's made her own way. She there are very few rebels in in music, you know that that carve their own path, and she's done it. I mean, she's, Definitely. yeah, and she's put in the work. She's not just some up-and-coming corporate pop star. She's slaved. She's went homeless on the streets, you know. I mean, she's played on, on street corners for years and has perfected her craft. And in and, and the same aspect, you can, you can feel the pain
1: oh, in yeah. her music, you oh, know. yeah, that's like, there are only, there are less, there's less than a handful of artists or bands that I would pay to see right now. Out of every artist that I know of in the world, and she's one of them, and Vancouver Sleep Clinic's another. Yeah, not many people um, are worth my money. Right to see, not that I have money or that my opinion means anything. I'm just
0: right know, for what you for seek what out. I like. Yeah, there's right. not
1: many artists that
0: I completely agree.
1: Yeah, are uh, just putting their soul into everything. It's someone. So much of it's just ego-based bullshit. You're not really listening to uh, the artist. You're just listening to some false ego talking about the things the ego likes. And, and you, know, you speak like, from
0: experience. Well, yeah. And
1: that's a, it makes it easier to see. Yeah, because I, yeah, I see it easy. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of people that aren't that critical because they've never been that critical themselves. You're right. And that's how we've talked about previously in the, in the, in the podcast, uh, the last one. Once you start
1: trying to cut out bullshit, you just start to see it everywhere. Well, you know, it's easy for me to break down because basically, um, I like I like the saying that that says um basically what it's saying is the point of music is to connect one's soul to to their to their true nature, uh, not entertainment. If I hear a song and someone's just talking about I'm just so critical with music these days, yeah. you have to be talking about some socially aware stuff or some spiritually aware stuff for me to even want to listen right you know
0: that's that's exactly where I'm at too, and it's so it's so strange because I feel like we both kind of went through that phase together, but not knowingly, right, you know what I mean, like just in the last two or three years,
1: yeah, it's super strange,
0: yeah. I mean it's it's cool though. I, Definitely it,
1: cool. Definitely cool. You know, it's just it's just the evolution of the mind. I'm just becoming wiser right. about the things that I will listen to or watch. And I'm no saint, don't claim to be or don't want to be, but I'm just getting older and wiser. I think that's just a good way to put it. Um yeah. more conscious about everything I do.
0: Right. And the know. things that you that you put in your body and a lot of people don't think about audio is something that you ingest. Oh yeah. But it is. It has an effect, you know. Oh, it can
1: make you sick, man. Yeah. Really, literally. I mean, really we yeah. really
0: can. I mean, they and and it's so it's so odd that so many things seem to be happening all at the same time. Like they literally just put out a report that talks about uh, fluoride in the water lowering the IQs of babies when mothers drink fluoridated water while they're pregnant. And the whole reason I bring that up is because that's ingesting poison. And a lot of people don't realize that the only reason that fluoride is in the water is because big corporations, it's expensive to, to get rid of, to dump it, to get rid of waste. And fluoride is a waste.
1: I think it said like $7,000 a container. Yeah. To, to bury it. And now they're selling it. Dude. To, to, to cities. And here's the
0: thing that doesn't make sense. It's one thing to debate whether or not fluoride has an, a positive effect on your teeth. And if so, feel free to buy fluoridated toothpaste. But this is something to think about. Most water that gets used in a home setting doesn't end up going into someone's mouth. Mm-mm. Most of it is used flushing the toilet, use uh, taking a shower, Um, watering your plants. There's so many other uses for water that why would fluoride benefit any of those other uses? And then the other aspect is they've shown studies that show even water that's ingested orally, most of it doesn't even touch your teeth. Right. And their counter argument is some of it gets redistributed through your mouth through saliva, but it's a very small amount. So, A very small amount ever gets ingested. And then a very even smaller amount ever actually touches your teeth. What's the point of putting an ingestible
1: poison? Dude, it's crazy. Let me tell you what stuck out about that video clip that you sent me. Yeah. Yesterday, I think. Day before, maybe. Um, It was a doctor that was saying this. They tell you to use a pea size amount of toothpaste... Um and not to swallow it and that if you do contact poison control. <laughs> and in that pea size amount of toothpaste, it was either a quarter of a milligram or a quarter of a gram. I don't remember his exact numbers. Um, but I know it was a quarter. Right. Like, let's say a quarter of a milligram. So in a pea size, there was a quarter of a milligram of fluoride. And then he held up a cup and he said, This is Chicago tap water from the faucet. He said, there is a quarter milligram of fluoride in this cup of water right now. It's been tested. Wow. So the same amount was in that cup of water as was in the pea size. And who uses a pea size amount anyway? I right. probably use five servings if that's the case. Right. So that means there's a gram uh, in my mouth when I'm. But my whole point is, is, he was like, so they're telling us to contact poison control if we swallow this pea size amount, but they're forcing us to drink this water. Right. That's really weird. It's really weird. It's very, very, very strange, man. It
0: is. It really, And for a long time, people would get written off as a conspiracy theorist if they brought up
1: concerns. Well, people are still writing uh, people like us off. Right. uh, Even at this point right now with the fluoride situation. Right. There's there's a ton of people that don't even believe that the fluoride's even in the water. (laughs) It's (laughs) like, are you kidding me? uh, Yeah. Wow. It's really weird, bro. Yeah. It's really, really weird. And I
0: don't know the history, so I'm going to butcher butcher this a little bit. But when they first started putting fluoride in the water, it was up to the local administration, city administration, that decides um, what level got put in. And I don't remember how many parts per million it was, but since they've started putting fluoride in the water, they've had to reduce the amount in the water because people keep proving that the amount that's in there isn't safe. So it's not even like a new thing. If you if you just research online, <laughs> it's not some weird off the wall, non-verifiable information. There are actual mainstream articles that talk about local city ordinances where they've had to reduce fluoride in the water because it's unsafe. And now there's actually mainstream studies that are coming out that show that women that drink fluoridated water when they're pregnant it has a, a negative effect on the IQ of the baby. Like yeah. that's not debatable. That's scientific proof now.
1: So the same like 3.7 points per something, the amount of time it's been, I can't remember. Yeah, but I can't either. That was a cool video that you sent.
2: Yeah,
0: it's a good one. It's a YouTube video. That's basically uh it's a nine minute fluoride video. I can't remember the, the title of it. Maybe we can link it in the, YouTube description underneath this video or I something. Can tell you. Okay. Ron's looking it up right now.
1: Uh it's uh the video title is Proof the government poisons you with fluoride in 9 minutes. And we, and this we isn't can, just we can link it.
0: This isn't just people like us sitting in a room talking about Listen. it. These are these are legitimate newscasters and doctors different clips going back and forth having legitimate mainstream discussions because there are a lot of people that will immediately write any idea off if they can't find it in a mainstream news source, and so this is this is all that video is. This isn't some some guy making a claim in a house. These are legitimate conversations with people that have knowledge in
1: these fields, basically. So, well, the ba- here's the bad thing to people with closed minds. People with open minds didn't even need to hear us say any of that, right? And people with closed minds will probably won't even watch this, or they would write it off because of the title of it immediately. Because immediately of the title. because of the title, they want to you know, or or they'll say stuff like, "That's not a real doctor." How do I know that's a real doctor? I right. mean, there there are people that just that just won't change. Uh, it ain't even about changing your thinking; it just aren't open to new possibilities of anything. Won't allow new information. Or they're so you know? invested? Um, in this government that that they stick up for the system. People will fight for the system uh blindly. Right. You know. Right. That's the scary thing. It is scary. I I, I know a couple of them people, you know. It's just, it's pretty scary I know a lot.
0: Yeah. Well the more you get invested in a system. And you have to imagine this too from a perspective. And I'm a new father, but imagine having a family of four or five kids. You've worked at a job that you haven't liked for most of your life to support your family. You've saved, you've saved money for college. You've participated in their school functions. You vote in local elections. Like you get invested emotionally, politically, financially. And the more you get invested in something, the less likely you are to acknowledge the negatives, you know? And I understand. I, I completely understand and honestly, the first part of breaking that barrier is trying to get rid of the negatives in yourself. And and I don't mean this negatively, but I mean I think a lot of people don't really think about themselves that way. They don't analyze their own behavior. They don't look at they don't look at themselves objectively. That's and, very true. You know, and, and once you do that, once you face yourself and you really start to cut out the bullshit like we talked about in the previous podcast it just becomes evident everywhere and i don't know how else to put it but honestly that's that's what did it for me you don't even look for stuff it just slaps you in the face because once you start trying to get rid of it you just see it everywhere and it's like
1: it's just blatant the hard part for that for a lot of people i think and which is also understandable cuz people are busy working kids and, and everything else but to reach to reach that level um Mentally, takes isolation. Yeah, and a lot of people just can't afford to isolate.
2: Right. For you
1: know, I think I think to isolate, um, for you know, X amount of time from from everything, is just something everyone should do.
0: Yeah. You know, I agree that in a lot of cultures they have like coming of age rituals for for people when they hit a certain age where you know i mean even just as a as a as a, an example that a lot of people can identify with you know the bar mitzvahs in the jewish religion you know there's there's an event you know and i think it's 13 when you hit 13 now you're basically a man and here's a celebration to to acknowledge that you're that you're about to go out into the world and you know Western culture doesn't really have that. We ca- we coddle children. We 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 do not give them responsibilities at a young enough age to where they feel like they're going to go out into I mean you're you're basically telling people you're not legally liable for any of your actions, right? Until you're 18. Like your parents can be prosecuted and there are exceptions for violence and stuff, but generally children are not responsible for their actions their parents are until the day you hit 18, and then it's just like, oh, now all of a sudden, you can go to prison. You can mm-hmm. die for your country. You know, it, it, it goes from one extreme of no responsibility to the exact opposite extreme of complete responsibility, and there's no... and I, Every family's different. There there might be some really good parents out there and families that do try to transition their kids in, but for a lot of people in our country, that's not the case. You know, it's just a, a, no responsibility to complete responsibility and so I, I I just feel like that's something that was lost over time in the system that we're in is some sort of uh cultural tradition that prepares people to go out
1: into the world I know there's like uh some native cultures will do like uh peyote yeah you know and stuff like that yeah as an example yeah I may be wrong about the peyote but that's the kind of um I'm pretty sure you're right. When they hit a certain age. Yeah, I think you know. it's
0: like 16 in a lot of the Native American cultures where they'll get together with all the males.
1: That's interesting in, in
0: the culture, and they'll stay up for two or three days on it on this spiritual peyote journey.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, it is very interesting.
1: Very very interesting.
0: Yeah, but with all the stuff, man, that's been happening. So you have like uh, you have like the, the 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 fluoride thing, the the new 911. Uh, World Trade Center seven
1: the, report came out today just a few hours ago did we even ever talk about um how the that small New York Commission is calling for a is making history by calling for a new um investigation investigation yeah, yeah.
0: like fire commissioners like literal fire commissioners are yeah making history by
1: requesting a new investigation saying that they're claiming that it was ex- explosives. Yeah. There you can watch the courtroom session. Yeah. Interesting, man. It's
0: very interesting. And 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 the the report that just came out today was on a uh, on a different topic but the same event, you know, World Trade Center 7 was a was the only skyscraper in history to ever fall according to the official report due to fire only. It was a, a building that a lot of people don't even know fell on 9/11. It uh, was not hit by one of the airplanes um supposedly some debris had fallen onto the building and got inside the building and caused fires but when you watch the building and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh misinformation on both sides so it's hard to unless you spend a lot of time trying to filter out the bullshit it's hard to just go to some random website or, 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 YouTube and try to find someone that's being objective without pushing a narrative, whether it's for the mainstream right. narrative or whether it's for, you know, the opposite side. But this, uh, group that just came out with this report today is a group of engineers that basically said that it was impossible for the building to fall the way that it did because of fire. Yeah. And they said that the only one of the, there's, they listed, I think you said, cause you looked over the page a little bit more yeah. than I did. You said they had
1: three different? I want to say they did three different uh, simulation tests. Okay. And I want to say that I didn't see anything about the third one. Maybe they haven't released that yet, or I just didn't read far enough into it. But that the first two were absolutely uh, no way that fire.
0: Right. Well, they said that the columns would to have given out simultaneously for the building to fall that way. And, and this even, is
1: the Institute of Northern Engineering, if anyone right. wants to know.
0: Good. Thank you for remembering that. I was gonna pull that up on my phone. Um but yeah, uh that's just that's so interesting to me that it's almost two decades later and you
1: just now have official it's So weird, man.
0: People
2: Yeah, it's really weird. It's I mean really it's weird.
1: it's really neat that people's finally uh feeling comfortable enough to Put this information out. Yes. But why did it take this long? That's just really strange, man. It is really strange. You know, really, it is. This should have been the first thing that would dec- would come out about something like this.
0: Right. Well, so many people, there's an emotional response that you have. Like, I remember I was on Facebook at the time when they basically um, were touting war because of, of 9-11, and people's emotional response was they wanted revenge. You know, it wasn't a logical, thought-out, rational response. It was uh, it was manipulating the public to, to get their permission, basically, to get their support for a war, multiple wars, over time that shouldn't have
1: happened. The sad thing is that's most likely what happened, bro. That's right. so crazy, man. Right. You know, that's just sad. It is really sad.
0: And there are a lot of there were a lot of freedoms that were lost because of 9/11. I mean, and they name it, they they name some of these uh, things, uh, loss of freedom laws like the Patriot Act. Like, how can you be against something called the Patriot Act?
2: Mm.
0: But what a lot of people don't realize is the Patriot Act. And it's hard to say this because people are going to think that you're picking one side or the other. I'm not a Trump fan. I'm not a I'm not a politician fan.
1: I like that. I'm not a politician fan.
0: You know what I mean? So I'm not picking sides when I say this, but look it up. Joe Biden wrote the Patriot Act years before 9-11. It was ready. They needed a reason to implement this thing, and then they finally got it. Mm. And he doesn't deny it. He brags about it. I mean, you can get online and look it up, man. So they had this Patriot Act that takes away so many freedoms. They had that. Well, then they also have what's called a constitutional free zone and most people don't know this, but there's a hundred mile border around the the continental United States where if you live within a hundred miles of the border, you're in a constitution-free zone, which means the constitution does not apply. And that that's two thirds of Americans live in a constitution-free zone and they don't even know it.
2: Mm.
0: This is, look it up, ACLU's website. They, they've been fighting against this thing for a long time. There's so many aspects to these events and I, you know, I don't like to speculate, not that I won't speculate, but I don't like to, to put speculation out there because for a lot of people that don't necessarily, it's hard for them to take in facts, let alone speculation. Right. So, you know, just, there's a lot of people that would hear these facts and think, well, that's not true. No, it, it's true. Like yeah. this is, this is literally what's been going on. You know,
1: I think it's great. That, that that commission did come out. Now, I haven't really paid attention to the impact that they made. Right. Have you? Uh, it, I mean, I don't think they've stopped. Because it's, it's going to take a lot to really get another investigation. Yeah. Happening.
0: And it's going to be hard because... People they, that
1: are in charge still are probably corrupt people. You I'm yeah, like, yeah. that had something to do with that. So oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, just look at Rudy Giuliani. You know, he was there in New York at the time. I mean, he's still completely invested. Yeah. So yeah. many of the big players. That's that's the problem with having career politicians is you get people in there for so many years, and they get that in bed a, with these corporations. That is a problem. It, it's a huge problem because these corporations have revolving doors for these politicians that basically do their bidding. So once they decide to leave politics, they go and they get a special job working for these corporations where they really don't have to do anything. Right. And they make a ton of money. And it's a revolving door both ways. It's not just politicians that do their bidding and then go work for them. There are people that work for these corporations and then get out and get in the government.
1: Here at, here at the university I live in. I live around Ball State University campus. Well, uh, someone that went to this school like years ago or whatever now that this person's like ready for a job after their sports career or whatever um ball State administration was like, well you know get this you know open up a job for this person make a job for this right. person right. And they're making like $100,000 a year for this made up shit job that didn't exist two days ago. Right. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, they're making probably more than most people that, that they work in that same office with. And I just right. think that to me, that just shows you how fake money is. Right. It shows you how fake the workforce is. It just shows you how fake all this stuff is, man. It's like, okay, they didn't need this job for this this huge campus to run smoothly. But now we're gonna just throw this person a hundred thousand dollars plus a year to do this bullshit job, and like everyone's supposed to be okay with that, right? That's just yeah. so weird and to me, it, man.
0: Yeah, and that's on a small scale. Imagine what Oh, it's that's like on a big such scale. a small scale. But yeah, I'm just that's saying a that's a personal exa- story. It's a that great I know. example. So, yeah, yeah, it's a perfect example. It's So
2: weird because man. when it
0: happens on a small scale, you have to imagine that it happens even more on the large scale because right. things the hierarchy gets narrower and narrower as you go up, you know, and you, even, even if you just look at like government spending and budgets and stuff, like there's an incentive to be wasteful financially in the government, because if you don't spend all the money that you're, that you're budgeted for this year, you'll get less money next year. So, you know, come like November, you start analyzing in the books and you say, oh man, we have $450,000 Four hundred and fifty thousand dollars of our two point five million budget for this year that hasn't been spent yet. We gotta figure. We gotta find a way to spend this money, or they're not going to reallocate us the same amount next year. They'll probably take some away, and they don't want any of their money to go away. They want to be budgeted more, and it's like this for for every area in the government. They want budgeted more so they can hire more people, so they can get a bigger office, or you know whatever it is. It, it, everything wants growth, whether it's the government or corporations. They all just want constant growth.
1: And that's unsustainable. So you know? unsustainable. It's unsustainable. Yeah, it really is. You know, when you want growth at that at that rapid of a rate, that lets you know they're not thinking anything about uh, our future. Right. You know, they're not thinking anything about our children or our children's children. That doesn't even cross their mind when they're coming up with all these ideas of how they're going to run the world today. Like, that's the problem. You, know, you have to think about the future, man. yeah, you do. You have to like you said, that's just not sustainable. no there's there, there comes a time where we're not going to be able to produce all this plastic or all this steel or all this oil, you know, at this rapid over rate. and I, I I think we're approaching that much quicker than most people realize.
0: yeah and and even until that happens, all of those things cause pollution. So so much Plastics take so long to break down. And they end up a lot of times in the ocean. Like if you just go look up plastics in the ocean, you see these little plastic pebbles. And these fish think it's food floating on top of the water. So they eat it and they get sick. And then they start floating on the top of the water about to die. And then the birds come down and eat the fish because it's easy prey. They're sitting there floating on top of the water about to die. So now the birds get sick. Damn. I mean, it's a it's an ecosystem. and None of these people care about any of that. You know, there's a financial incentive to not care. You have these... Uh, CEOs of these corporations that are there for a limited amount of time, they get traded around like football players and they're legally liable. A lot of people don't know this. They're legally liable to turn a profit for the, for the company. So if you as a CEO go in and you don't do what's best for the shareholders, you can be prosecuted. Wow.
1: (laughs) That's really
0: strange. Yeah. So there's a, a short term, there's there's a there's an incentive for short-term financial gain because you're not going to be there long, so you don't care what's going to happen in five years. You know you're only going to be there for a year and you're going to get traded to another team, you know, just like a football player. You're going to get... You're, you, this is your stepping stone. You're going to go work for Avon so you can move up to Reebok and then move up to whatever corporation after... You know, it's just like you're just trying to climb this ladder and, and as long as you can show that you had growth while you were there... That's amazing on your resume. They want you,
1: you know. Back to when you was talking about the plastic being uh, super, you know, causing a lot of pollution. Right. Something that I like that I heard. I like to watch those um, old ancient Egypt documentaries and stuff. To see different perspectives. Yes. And there was uh, someone on there. A lot of people think that there was advanced civilizations. Yeah. A lot of people don't. Right. So one of the guys that was suggesting that there was an advanced civilization, um, well then someone rebuttaled and said, well, we haven't found any remains of plastic. There couldn't have been an advanced civilization. And the other guy answered back and said something to the terms that was like, maybe they was just smart enough not to use plastic. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's like, so true, dude. Like, seriously. Be- like <laughs> People
0: always assume... That any other technological advancement would go the exact same route that we have? Not true. Not true. Not true. Whether it's because they researched differently or because they realized the possible negative outcomes and chose not to do it, there's a million reasons why they could have been advanced but not shown the same signs that we have. Right. You know. I yeah. That
1: that stuck with me. That
0: was yeah. That's that's such a good example because it's so true. People's mind scopes of what. Advanced and technology is, is so narrow because they only see what's in front of them, and they've right. never tried to imagine a situation where things could have happened differently. You know, and we don't know
1: I- anything's possible. You know, it really is, especially when you're when you're trying to break down stuff about ancient Egypt. You have to right. almost say oh, anything's possible because we still can't reproduce that same model right now. Right. You know, and with-
0: and even if they tried. It would take so
1: much technology, and it would take so long. Oh, th- listen to how long I heard. I'm going to get the numbers off a little bit, but I know I told you this at Walmart one day in the parking lot, but um, I had just watched this ancient Egypt documentary, and Graham Hancock was saying there might be, what, estimated over one or two million stones, right. big blocks on that one pyramid, mm-hmm. a lot regardless. Yeah. And he said that, yes, we could do that, today with cranes but that it would take two cranes per stone and that it would take a week to set the cranes up correctly and to move one stone it would take one week just to do one stone right with two cranes
0: and i wonder if they could even do it to the same level of perfection
1: because there's so many well he what i don't I don't think he believes that. He right. was just saying to actually move right. the stones. You know what right. I'm saying? To, right. Just to just to move them that it, that is possible. But yeah, that's the that's the next thing is how did they get them that straight? Yeah. That aligned because when you're dealing with that many stones, um, the smallest fraction off throws the whole the whole pyramid off. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no room for error. No. At that point, you have to be. That's the amazing thing about the pyramids, you know.
0: And and I've watched a few of these documentaries with you, and I love them too. And I remember one of the things that uh, really struck me watching these documentaries is that a lot of these pyramids were so far apart from each other, but they used the exact same uh, coordinates, and they well they were along the s- similar coordinate lines. But as far as like they
1: would use oddly shaped. Oh yeah. Stones. They had they had almost a, a patent of some sort. Yeah. It but was, they were but there was no of way lo- Yeah, right. there was no way for them
0: to to share that knowledge with each other right. that we know of. Right. If we assume that they were localized to the area and they didn't have a way to travel or a way to communicate over long distance, which is what the mainstream theory is, they wouldn't come to the exact same conclusion of the shapes of these stones. You can pull up some of these documentaries where they go around and they show how these stones fit
1: together. And it's um, like Tetris. Like it's crazy. Check out, uh, I think it's called the revelation of the pyramids. That's such a good, one. and there's two different versions. There's one where a guy where narrates it, it and there's one where yes. a girl narrates yes. it. Um, I don't mind listening to her. Yeah. I like it. You know, I like, I don't voice. mind listening to her. I like, her. I've, voice. I actually, I've actually went back and watched it two or three more times. Um, Hell, I think I was watching it when you come over one day recently what yeah I? I think it was the last time I stopped by it was on when I came back <laughs> I in. love that ancient egypt stuff man yeah I'm, I'm stuck on it yeah, yeah. well' it's, well, so, it's so, fascinating. so interesting yeah it's so fascinating fascinating and it also makes you think yeah because you're like how did they do that like you start so it just it's a it's a good uh brain teaser right in multiple ways you right know? just a, it's a good way to think outside of the box too yeah you know totally. I have so many theories on yeah. on ancient Egypt <laughs> because I just, there's no way to, to know, you know? So what, what are do you, do you want to talk about any of them? Like, what do you, or at that point I'd probably sound crazy. Cause I've just thought so much off the wall stuff. i hearing mean, yeah. different perspectives, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything that like necessarily sticks, you know, I don't know if uh, humans made them or if something bigger than us made them or I just, I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Um, I do like one perspective that I heard is that they was some sort of consciousness transmitter, something that would um, lift the consciousness of of the whole, I don't know how far it went or how that worked, but that was a really interesting theory. Well, that kind of goes in with... uh, I think even Graham Hancock and and some of the stuff he thinks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Uh,
0: and it kind of goes in with the that uh, podcast that I let you hear part of uh, a few weeks ago when I came by where they talked about how Napoleon had basically used the French government to provide a means for him to go to uh, Egypt because he wanted to meditate in the pyramids because he felt like
1: they were energy centers. But bro, how weird is that? That when I was, when I come back from the halfway house and moved in with you for those couple of weeks, this is two years ago, before right. any of these podcasts or before any of the ancient, ancient or any of the stuff.
0: research and watching documentaries. Yes. And
1: I had a couple of conversations with you where I was like, "Randy, I would love to just build a small little pyramid and meditate inside yes, of it." Yes, I, I remember. I like we had that conversation, exact conversation. That's so strange. Yeah, man. and it was winter, and yeah, you yeah. said that you might even uh, try to go out and build build one with an igloo. The snow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I was so serious. Yeah, too. I know you were. I was so. I was so getting deep into meditation at that point. Yeah, and meditation is a superpower. It's you can't explain it. You know, you just have to. It's something you have to uh, to do on your own, man. Yeah, it's hard to. It's just you can't. It's something you can't explain. But I will say, you know, a lot of because a lot of people are are like, "Ron, what do what do you get out of that?" You know, you get like peace of mind. Well,
0: yeah, that's what I was just gonna ask. Like, what do you feel like you're the most the beneficial
1: is yeah you know you get you get peace of mind for sure um but before and i I don't want to make meditation out to just be this great thing it's a it's a fight more so at first um and then it becomes more comfortable as time goes on but it is a fight and you know you have to you have to deal with all the bullshit in your own mind and most people that that's hard for people to do but there's just there's a lot of strange things that come along with meditation, you know, especially once you you just been real serious about it. You start to notice more synchronicities in your life. You start to manifest things quicker, and it's just like all these weird things are happening. But at, all, at the same time, you have this great peace of mind, and you've battled yourself and you've won. So, but it just, it does, it gets pretty strange. Um, you start seeing the world so differently.
0: Right. I mean I haven't went nearly as as deep as you have but we've had conversations too like I think you can accidentally meditate you know I think that people oh, yeah, that yeah, people yeah. that run long distances I think yeah. they go into a meditative state I think people that make music there's they, there's they trance out the meditative ways to state I,
1: e- even just taking walks is a yeah. sort of form of, I mean there's mo- multiple ways to meditate for sure for sure there's no I think there's no right or wrong way right you can get in like you're saying these trances doing other things for sure
0: yeah and i and i think that uh, like you just said there's no right or wrong way i think it might be uh specific to the individual you know I think like it is. like we've had conversations about school you know school every system that you look at that's hierarchical it's set up for people that play by those rules to succeed it's not set up for people to come up with and I'm generalizing here, but generally, um, as, as a as a rule of thumb, the system is set up, and if you play by their rules, you you can succeed. If you don't, then a lot of times you end up in detention. If we're talking about school, you, you know, uh, there's a lot of reasons that that kids end up getting in trouble in school, but they're not bad people. Sometimes, especially in large classes, the teacher can only move as fast as the slowest student is learning. And the problem is, is the student might not be a slow learner. It's just not set up for their style of learning. It's set up for, it's a one size fits all solution. So not only do you have some of the the slower uh, kids failing, but then you have some of the more advanced kids that are failing because it's boring to them. You know what I mean? Like it can only go as fast as the slowest person can, can stay caught up. So it's just, it's set up for all the middle. It's kind of like middle management in business. You know, and sorry if that offends anybody. I'm speaking from experience. I've been middle management in business for a good portion of my adult life. So I'm not talking down about anybody. I'm speaking from experience. It's just a lot of times middle management. Yes, men, you know, people that can follow the rules, people that can enforce the rules, people that not question the rules, people that just do what they're told. And, And that's kind of how we learn from a young age, you know, it it just seems so weird to me that if you look at the similarities between the school systems and prisons strange like, man yeah and i hate to even go into the similarities because i i'd really like to have them in front of me cuz i have lists but there are a lot of similarities when it comes to even just looking at the the way this, the the physical layout of the buildings and the windows or lack of windows and
1: just it's really weird man you know? yeah I've seen him I've seen him side by side before yeah. too people just need to look him up for that reason just to see all of them because it is strange yeah
0: and uh it, on a on a different kind of note but same topic Prince ea has a great video
1: oh I like him
0: oh yeah he has a great video about the school system where he' he's actually like oh, taken into the court. school
1: system yes I think that was was that what it was called? I think I, that's what it's called I the school, students, I I sued the the school system, system. Yes. yeah you have to watch that that's really it's so good I think that's how you entered that was either my introduction to him or that was like the second or third thing that I ever seen. That was yeah. really good.
0: One uh, of the, one of the ones that I remember when I first uh, showed him to you, cause I'd seen a couple of videos before, but I'd never like dug deep. And one of the ones that really stuck with me with, with Prince EA that I remember showing you uh, years ago was I am not my body. Do you remember that one where he goes into this long rant about how basically your consciousness is not this meat body. Yeah, but I, I vaguely remember.
1: It's a vaguely. it's a good one. That's that's worth looking up to. Is he sitting in like an abandoned house on that one or something?
0: No, that's actually a really good like spoken word thing that he does. The I Am Not My Body is more just like him talking into the camera okay. to the audience. But that's a great one too. I don't remember what the topic of that either, is. But,
1: but I got the two confused because I remember that one.
0: He, he he brings out some emotion in me too, man. He's he's on that level. He's, yeah, he's, he's right definitely up there. on
1: that level. He's, yeah. he's really, really good, man. I've seen some good ones. Um, I follow him on Facebook. He's putting out a lot of stuff now. Yeah. Almost. I'm not going to say too much cause he's, he's staying relevant. Right. I don't like everything he's doing as much as I like some, but I haven't been catching everything.
0: And that's the cool thing too, is as with anything, a lot of what sticks out to you or is important to you might be the period of life that you're experiencing in your own time. And you know, the, yeah. things that you can things resonate with, you
1: know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, to, a, that's, a, that's so true. I mean, for, you could take music or movies, for instance, you know the stuff that I listened to five years ago. I don't want to listen to now. that just shows you that there's different parts of your life. you crave different things or you feel different things, you know, yeah, totally, but yeah well, he's he's definitely getting a lot of good information out,
0: but it's just so weird how all this stuff is like coming to the forefront all at the same time, so you had like the the fluoride thing the the nine eleven commission and the nine eleven engineer report. And then you have, and this, I, it, it, it's, it's,
1: it's a tough topic to talk about. I like it if I think it's where you're going, but. I'm talking about Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't like that. I was talking about <laughs> the aliens, because that's another thing they keep. Oh, yeah. But we'll get with Jeff. But yeah, I just had to, I had to. Interrupt you on that? No, that's nothing that I like. And shit, <laughs> that yeah. dude is crazy. But that was a good stuff. guess
0: though, because the Area 51 is that what you were talking about? Well,
1: the... you know how you said that they're just coming out with all these things, and yeah, well, you know before the Area 51 thing, yeah, you're right, you're they right. were coming on with the news clips where they were bringing up um, that you know actually showing actual footage of what they're saying these air fighters. Yeah. Uh, were, we're chasing aliens and they're showing this on the news, and it's just really strange. It was so strange to me that people wasn't talking about it. Right. I figured I would get online and the internet would just be going nuts because a a a well-known news station just aired with and that not only did they air it, but they was actually interviewing the actual jet. Fighter yeah. pilot. Yeah. Pider, How do you say that word? Fighter. That's such a weird tongue twister. <laughs> say Piter it pilot. five times really fast. No way. Fighter pilot. Fighter <laughs> pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even say it right once.
0: but I love it.
1: Fighter pilot. <laughs> <Piter> pilot. <laughs> wow. Piter pilot. Let's just forget that happened. I'll just reverse it on the audio editor. That would be great. Okay. Cool. Um. But no, I really I thought I would get online and people would just be. Ha- I thought that was gonna be like hysteria. Because that's where I was with it. I was like, dude, they just showed aliens on the TV, <laughs> like, <laughs> and this is a news station saying, yeah, you know, this is this is aliens right here, like, and it's showing the 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 footage. Yeah, like the UFOs,
0: and I think that the it was even like, if it, I don't know if you're talking about this exact one, but the but the Pentagon actually released official UFO footage too, and I think they were calling them. Because they were shaped like tic tacs, and they were calling them tic tac UFOs. Dude, look j- those up.
1: I don't think that was the same one, but I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but it, no one was talking about it. Yeah, it's like it's. All, I, I wonder if it, I, it's weird, man. No one even knew about it. It just makes you wonder what's their what's their motive, what's their agenda, like what's what their it, agenda. Yeah, and it also makes you wonder what are a large majority of people doing. Because a lot of people watch the news.
0: Right. Yeah, these and are no mainstream news sources. And no
1: one's talking about it. Like, yeah. no one's like... So it's just like, is that something that... Are, are people not talking about it? And this is old. This was like a year ago that we're right. talking about. You know, maybe maybe in a little longer than a year. And it's still not being talked about very often. Um, but it just makes you wonder, are people shutting the idea of aliens out subconsciously on purpose? Because I mean, you know, I just I don't know what's going on. Right. And then what's the agenda behind the government saying all this? But yeah, we got into this big old thing. I, I, we could take it back to Epstein for sure, but um, before you we go there with it, I don't know much about the Area 51 thing, but that's what you were just getting at. Well, you know, they raided the guy's house that started that meme. Well, I know I've seen a a, a YouTube news clip with that guy, and he just he didn't seem like he was all there. Okay.
0: I don't um, know who it is. I just see. I saw an article. They raided there.
1: his house, though. Yeah, FBI raided his house. Wow. Yeah, a news station went and um, you know did like a small interview with this guy, and he didn't seem all like he was all there. Um, but who am I to judge? He just seemed a little off, a little bit. You know, I hate to even say that, but I don't think he. I don't think he meant any harm. Right. You know, he because he was he was talking like he was gonna try to have some. Uh, live music and for the people that showed up, he just—I don't think there was any uh, ill intentions. I think it got bigger than what he expected. But no, yeah, I was not so aware big. they raided his house. Yeah. So uh, what happened with that? Like, do you know?
0: I, I didn't really like look into it much deeper, and then I'm guilty of what I complain about a lot of times: is people reading the headlines of articles. And not going into <laughs> yeah. the article because that's one of the things that I did. But I I look at so many things. Like I try it, not that I'm not interested in the Area 51 uh, meme, but it just always it wasn't something that attracted me necessarily. Right. It, yeah.
1: I don't know. I just it attracted me for like one day. I just wanted yeah, to. know. I found it interesting. It, yeah. I wanted I wanted to know what was going on with it, and then one day I looked up like maybe three or four videos on youtube and i haven't went back to it since yeah i just wanted to know what the talk was about it
2: yeah
0: yeah i find the phenomenon interesting i just and not that i i don't think that the government could technically or theoretically have found alien technology or uh, alien itself
1: is just a weird word too
0: well it is because it's basically just foreign I mean, it's, that's exactly it's and just that's, foreign.
1: That's where people get it wrong, too, because just to say the word alien, a lot of people will think about that very weird. But like you said, it it is just foreign. They think maybe it doesn't have to mean extraterrestrial. or Yeah, something. it doesn't even you, when I say alien, it doesn't even have to mean an actual being. It right. could just be a device or right. something that's just unknown in general. Right. You know, so that's it's a it's it's a touchy, touchy subject.
0: Well, it is because there's so many secretive things in the government anyway. I mean, there's in that. Here's the other thing: there's so much. I've been I've been researching the CIA for a really long time. Uh, probably the last four or five years. Um, uh, I'm not a CIA expert, but I try to keep up um, with a lot of things that have come out. And it's so strange to me how how much of the stuff that I looked up years ago that people would these are facts. Things that people would write you off as a conspiracy theorist for are now coming out into the mainstream. Mm. Like MK Ultra, you know. Uh, there's a four part mini series on the History Channel about the CIA running drugs in the 80s and basically starting the the drug epidemic that we have now. I mean, Wormwood on 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 Ooh, Netflix, that was good. That was really good, man. Yeah,
1: that people should watch Wormwood. Wormwood was good. Was Wormwood that about the LSD? Didn't... Yes. Yeah, Wormwood was good. People it was about should... the scientist
0: that, yeah. that died. Yeah, that was
1: interesting, man, and his involvement with the CIA. Oh, damn. Yeah, that was a good, but it was a... yeah. People should definitely watch Wormwood. It's really good. Yeah. Uh,
0: was... it, it it's different.
1: It's it's got a different production style. I I
0: personally enjoyed it because yeah, because it
1: was documentary slash. It was
0: documentary slash reenactment. Yeah. But the 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 guy narrating the story, it was the son of this uh, scientist that worked with the CIA. Um. That died mysteriously by either falling, jumping, or being thrown out of a window of a hotel. And so he's been on a mission for like, the, his son has been on this mission for like the last 45 years to find out what happened to his dad. And it, 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 it's a great story. It was. There's even a really good, I don't want to say twist, but there's a, a, a surprise ending uh, that I don't want to give away, but it's worth watching until the end because there's. Uh, we got to talk was... about
1: this after the podcast because I don't remember the end. You're gonna have to. Remind oh, really? Me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. After the mics are off. Yeah. Because people definitely should watch it. That was a. That was one of the better things. I haven't watched a lot lately, but yeah, that was that was one of the one of the better things that I that I have watched lately.
0: Yeah, and there's and a lot of people don't know this, but when Bill Clinton was leaving office, one of the things that. Uh, uh, it's called a, a executive order, mm. basically. I'm pretty sure it was an executive order. He made uh, basically put out an executive order that said all of the different um, intelligence agencies that work within the government have to release all unclassified, declassified documents to the public to be available to the public. And they said that they had like a five-year span... The, n- the number I might be butchering, uh, you can look up the articles that, that they talk about. I don't remember how long of a time they had. So basically, everybody complied and made it accessible. Uh, oh,
1: this, this is interesting.
0: Yeah, they made it accessible except the CIA. What the CIA did is they found like a little loophole. They found one library in in Maryland, and they put all of these documents on a computer in the back room that nobody even knew was there. So technically... They met the requirements of releasing it to the public, but it was this small town. I don't even remember how many thousands of people were in this town, but it's a really small town. I'm glad
1: uh, you're telling this story.
0: In, in a room that nobody even knew existed really in this library. And so a, a guy online found this out and, and he went and he thought, I'm going to just make copies of all these files and release them online because all the other intelligence agencies had their files online. You could go to their website and, and, and look up these files this was 25 million documents the CIA had at this small library in Maryland. And so this guy thought, I'm going to go with a portable hard drive and make copies. Well, he 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 goes, and they won't let him take digital copies. They were like, you can only take printouts. And so then he thought, well, I'm just going to print everything out and scan it and release it online so people can have this information. And he started a GoFundMe, and it was going to cost him like, I don't even I'm I'm guessing on the number here, you can look this information up, but it was gonna cost him like three and a half million dollars or something to print all these pages. And he starts this GoFundMe. And in the middle of the GoFundMe, the CIA decides to release all these documents on their website. So a lot of people don't know. There's like, at this point, I wanna say close to 50 million unclassified and declassified documents on the CIA's website that's searchable. You can go, you can type a search term in and it'll look through all these documents and pull you up a file if it finds that word. And there's people that have been digging, because this is fairly recent. This was just like within the last two years. And and one of the things, one of the documents that got released that me and Ron really got into, and I think we brought it up oh, on the last man, podcast, the, was the, the gateway, gateway Project. The Gateway
1: Project or the yes. Gateway Experiment. The people, Gateway
0: Experiment or Experience. I can't remember exactly what it's called. It
1: it's some interesting it's stuff. Mind in there, blowing, man. Man. It's mind-blowing,
0: man. It's really kind of what fueled, I think, some of the meditative uh, paths that you were on at the time. Because they, they had projects where people would remote view uh, different areas on the planet and on, on Mars, like accurately. Like these are documents released by the CIA on their website. Yeah, Look really this strange. stuff up. It's so wild. You can, you can and the Gateway uh, ex- Experience is still online. Well, I'll you tell can...
1: you, we're just going to have to um, put a link to the Gateway Experience Okay, f- under the... The, Under the YouTube video? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, definitely. We should definitely do it's that. It's a go-to on my computer anyway, so we can get it real quick. Okay. But,
0: yeah. Uh, but there's all kinds of documents, man. And people haven't even went through them all. There's so many. It's it's fascinating to just get on there and look through stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff's been redacted, even though it's been released. But there's a lot of diamonds in the rough that people haven't found yet, and they're still digging.
1: There's uh, some interesting stuff that I've seen on there, man. Yeah, it's so weird, And it's man. just that point it's undeniable you're getting declassified paperwork from a government website yeah it's cia.gov or something
2: yeah it's, uh, the it's, actual, it's on their website it's
1: on their way it's like not no bullshit it's no that's it's, as real as it gets when you're wanting information
0: yeah and and in fact i think uh that movie that just came out third eye spies <laughs> so do have you watched it yet i have not but I've listened to two podcasts where the it's creator such a was in one. I need to watch. it. I think it. I watched it that same night. I started I to watch it that same night. It's really
1: good, bro. I, really, I know really it like is. It.
0: I can't believe I haven't watched it. I'm actually ashamed to admit that. Maybe it'll shame me enough to like watch it in the next. It's couple really days. good, man.
1: It's really good.
0: It uh, it's right up my alley. But the, stuff like that, the Third Eye Spies,
1: Wormwood, uh, definitely good ones. The, the, the Revelation the, of the Pyramids. That's a good one. They well, need I, to I just mean all this stuff that... Uh, oh, okay. I all, thought you was talking... Okay, sorry.
0: No, but yeah, I agree. The Revelations is such a good one. But just specifically um, all of these... Government.
1: Government. Shows. What about the... Um, what was the other one? The Oh, the movies. The series. The series. So like the, the Waco series. The series. The, series. Yeah. the, and they had the a Unabomber, of, Ted yeah, Kaczynski. A lot of people lot don't of, know.
0: He no. was a he was a, a tortured by the CIA when he was 16 years old.
1: I couldn't at believe Harvard. I couldn't believe they put that on the show. Yeah, he was part of MK Ultra. Yeah, dude. they put it in the show on TV. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I, at it, that point, you're thinking, okay, there's got to be a writer for a or reason. a director trying to get some truths out there, yeah. and and they was able to. Yeah, that's just pretty wild, man. It's so wild. I can't believe it made it th- through the cuts and edits and stuff.
0: Uh, I travel online with a lot of open-minded people that look for uh, new information and maybe uh, mentions that go unnoticed or correlations that go unnoticed in in miniseries or TV shows and stuff. And do you remember that movie called The Dark Crystal? It was a Jim Henson movie. Yeah. Right
1: around the time I think the Labyrinth
0: came out. Yeah, I do.
1: I do, vaguely. I mean... I know, it, I know what you're talking about.
0: It was a dark show, and I need to watch it because I guess it's a very eye-opening movie. There's a lot of uh, correlations to things that were happening in reality at the time, and I had no idea as a child, really. But it was always a fascinating movie to me. Like you had that, and you had uh, Labyrinth and the Neverending Story. Like all three of those movies captured me as a kid. But apparently, the Dark Crystal. Was, yeah, that was
1: one that never stuck out for me. Yeah, I remember the other ones. All the other ones that you said, I I remember the title of it, but yeah. I don't remember. I can't recall anything about the movie.
0: Yeah, I, a... I don't remember much either. But they just came out with a new series, mm. The Dark Crystal, on Netflix, and apparently there's a lot of information
1: that uh, is. Speaking of, uh, um, it just reminded me of because we're talking yes. about Netflix and Dark Crystal. Yes. For those that don't know anything about Black Mirror. Oh need, my God. Definitely need to watch Black Mirror. Yeah. I don't even like to promote people watching uh, television very often, but the type of things we're promoting right now are the type, if you're going to watch television, these are the type of things. Thought provoking. Yeah. Thought provoking. Yeah. Uh, educational. Yeah. Um, Black Mirror is really good. I, I actually, um, there's a new season you said, right? Uh, but three it was a episodes, short season, Yeah. yeah I, I haven't seen them. So that's something that I'm going to set aside some time for. And and check out soon. You should. Oh, there's,
0: there's, uh, all of them are good, but there's one episode that's really, really good.
1: Here's the thing: is when when I find something that's worth my time like that, if there was a hundred episodes on a new season of Black Mirror, I would watch every one. Right? You know, like Twilight Zones, you can watch every one. Oh, dude, you know, Twilight Zone is one of the best shows ever created. And when I say Twilight Zone, there's so many different remakes, and there's. Um, the in color ones, and then you got the ones where. What's the guy's name? Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Thank you. Uh, and those aren't horrible. They're not great. When I when I mention Twilight Zones, I'm talking about the old original black and white Rod, Rod Sterling. Yeah, Rod Sterling. Yes. I was going to call him Sterling. I did too. Yeah, but I <laughs> yeah, that's the ones I'm talking about. The black and white originals. If talk about truths, uh. Spoken to power and... Yes. It doesn't get any... I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And for the time. For the time, especially. Oh, my goodness. Look past the cheesy special effects. Just look off, look past that. Right. You gotta... There's deep messages in yes. every single Twilight Zone. Right. Deep messages. Right. I mean,
0: it's just like... It's the same thing with music. Like, listen to the lyrics. Don't focus... Completely on the production quality. Don't focus. That's true. Look at the meaning, and it's it's like that with with the Twilight Zones, man.
1: There's you're you're so right. You're so right. Because when I was telling you, like Randy, man, you know that the album I just put it out a month ago, and I I could already remix and master it so much better. um You're like Ron, and you said that to me. You're like you know. It's not necessarily about the quality, man. It's about it's about the message.
0: It's about the message, and, to, and honestly, uh, to me, that it, it is the most meaningful album that I've ever heard. Like, it goes back to when you when you start cutting the bullshit out of your own life. I'm gonna say this, and people are if they listen to this podcast, especially if it's five years down the road, and they're vegging out, and they're like, "Why is he always talking about cutting out bullshit?" because i'm serious dude it affects your life like when you start it's So cut- true. when you start cutting out the bullshit like you don't want it you don't want it in your politics you don't want it in your workplace you don't want it in your personal life you don't want it in your music you don't want it in your food you just start cutting it out and that is no bullshit music dude. Thank you. That man. is no bullshit music. It's challenging. I don't know how Thank to you. say anything else other than Thanks, that.
1: Thanks man. I'm very spiritual so I feel as that I'm being guided by the universe to do this music, you know. It's tough because not many people are hearing this music right now. So that there's a part of me that's like, man, you know, I, I know that there's this great message that I want the world to hear, but then the counter side to that is well, it's f- it's forever. Right. So, you know, if people aren't ready for this music for 50 more years, yes. you know, it's like it's like well, you know, someone can dig up this album in a hundred years. Yeah. You know. Well, and it's part of the collective now, man. It's part and of the collective.
0: The thing with the collective conscious, it's changing at a more rapid pace than what we have any proof to ever say it's changed this fast in the past. So now you can share and distribute information in a level that we don't no has ever been possible before you know it may have been but we don't know there's there's not a record that we can see in our time, that time
1: of being alive definitely in our time of
0: being alive right. but you have to imagine too that if 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 a if a cataclysm happened or world war 3 or our planet gets taken over by aliens and our technology gets destroyed if a new civilization rises up and they take a different technological path all of our digital media may be obsolete mm. they they might, they might they might pick up these objects and have no idea how to that there's even information inside of them so true i mean if if if, if you t- if your society takes a completely different technological path and you find an old thumb drive
1: you don't know what the heck that is you're so, that's very true <laughs> you know what i'm saying well and here's a not to cut you off but here no. you know um, crystals can store information it's been you can get online and look this up it's really interesting and a lot of people don't know this because I I didn't know it and I'm gonna butcher it right now myself but I know that um, crystals go into the making of like DVDs and CDs and if it's not the actual it's it's the same type of technology okay. I guess is what I'm trying to say you have to just watch the video it's very interesting but it's been they show you that an actual just crystal by itself, they was able to store um pictures in it and maybe even maybe even huge data files. I can't remember. Wow. Um but yeah, dude, that's interesting in itself. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Definitely look into it. It's something I want to get back into looking into. But um I guess my whole point is is with that is if you go back to the, to the ancients, like the, the Egyptian era, um, their whole, their whole technology seemed to be based around crystals and right. quartz and right. it's just, so, you know, they, they did take a different turn, Right. you know, possibly a, a smarter turn, Right. you know, but yeah, yeah, that's maybe something we can check out another time while me and you are hanging out, Chase, it's interesting. Yeah, that that'd crystal. be awesome. So, plus I just need a, a refresher.
0: Right. Yeah, I know. I can't. I love these podcasts. Honestly, dude, these are. But it is. I remember before we started doing the podcast, it was like a little weird almost. It was like, how are we going to feel like talking into a microphone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've been talking into microphones for 20 years. Right. You know, a lot of times it's been uh, rehearsed and scripted at that point, but not always. I mean, you go back and look at our early, early stuff. A lot of it was just off the cuff. Oh, yeah, for
1: sure. You know. Yeah. Just completely uh, on the spot, freestyle on the spot, and we did that. We did that too with um, with video. Yeah, we didn't just do audio. <laughs> yes, I mean we had tapes upon tapes yes. upon tapes. And, yes, and homemade movies. <laughs> I mean, all the way back to where you're four where or five I'm, years old. Where, yeah, where I'm not even in school yet. No, literally. Yeah, we was doing that, and then <laughs> and then we would start doing like. uh I remember. I think I remember seeing you do some when I was like really, really young, like some uh, homemade like Kool Aid commercials or something. Yes. So then I thought, man, I, I I caught you out of side of my eye doing these little funny homemade commercials. So then I started doing it. Yeah. So now I'm doing these homemade Hanes commercials and fruit of the loom. Fruitable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You remember that. Yes. Ah.
0: that's so funny I I can't remember how you rhymed it you're like Fruit of the Loom loom. Fruit of the Loom
2: yes (laughs) (laughs) oh shit and
0: I don't have the video but I and I think I sent you a picture not that long ago where you and this isn't a commercial but you were lip singing an NWA song and I think you were like seven years old and you're holding up a Genesis
1: I had Adam over for me and Adam had a bunch of them nights where we would uh, we would set set out the recorder and play these like Jodeci songs and NWA songs (laughs) and make little homemade videos to them. (laughs) See, this is something that I, I, as hearing the last podcast, there's a couple of things that I want to clarify or put into the uh, ears of the listeners. One of them being, um, people are probably thinking, well, why don't you have all your old music or all your old, your, I lost a storage unit that had, all the masters to all the music that I've ever done. I had boxes of these tapes we talk about, the homemade ones, homemade tapes. Yeah. Uh, And this box even had one of the homemade tapes from Texas. Yeah. And that was
0: when dad worked at the police force and he would bring home the, the VHS recorder. And at that point, the camera was separate from the recorder. The recorder would fit over your shoulder on a strap and it would hang down almost like a purse. And then the camera was connected by a wire to the recorder I mean, it was before there was home movie recorders. Right. Like, it was a high-tech technology that Dad got to bring home because he worked at the, the police station. That's pretty cool. Well, I don't think
1: I knew that. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, so most... But, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's it. So it's really cool to know that that some of this stuff is still some around. Some of it's still Yeah, Because yeah, yeah, whatever you had, you got still. So that's pretty yeah. cool, man. And
0: I, it, it, before I got into photography, you know, because I've been taking photos now for quite a while, but before I got into photography, I bought that... I went to Circuit City uh-huh. and got a loan, like a $1,500 loan to From... buy a video recorder. Nice. And that's when we were just starting to get into to music and stuff, too. And so I have probably 80 or 90 tapes that we should probably wow. try to figure out. And, and You got a
1: lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you got a lot of stuff. And that was back sure. when DV tapes first came out, those yeah. little digital tapes. and I'll be damned. I used to go
1: to Off you, Price World because they'd sell them for a dollar. When Adam was over the other day, we was talking about Off Price World. <laughs> it's funny. But um, I was like, bro, do you remember there was a time when I went in there with a, a push cart and they had those blank CDs on sale? Mm-hmm. And I filled up a whole cart, like CDs piled out. Like, wow. I don't know, probably, probably 20 or 30 spindles of these CDs. But they were probably like five bucks or something, you know. So right. It wasn't that much. I mean, it wasn't like. I did spend a lot of money on Off-Price World. Oh, man. I was it, getting a lot of cool Pelly uh, Pell Pel clothes yes, from there, too. I still have a jacket. I was like, man, these I are, got them Off-Price World yeah, like 20 years ago. Those are like $100 shirts I was getting for like 10 or 20 bucks. You know? Yeah. I don't care about that stuff now. But no,
0: but at the time, yeah, Yeah. at the yeah. time, that's what we were seeking out, you know?
1: But I stuff do, we I thought do, was cool. I do miss Off-Price World. You could you could take a few dollars in there and leave with a bunch. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, even if you just,
1: even if you salt the deals. Yeah. Yeah. And if you
0: disregard like the stuff to be considered like ego, like trying to get all these clothes or whatever, like they just had deals of useful items. Like you said, like the CDs and the DV tapes, things things that help the creative process. I mean, just to be able to stock up on, on things that you use to, to make, things that you like to
1: do you know but at the same time now so much stuff is digital yeah so we wouldn't even be spending our money on cd i know it's so weird man it's really weird damn that is really really weird it's really weird man i hate to know now that i i've talked about it i hate to know that i mean i wouldn't listen to the stuff honestly i would probably listen to more of the comedic stuff that we did back mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. then i would even i don't I don't care to listen to any of my old music.
0: Ah, that hurts me though, man. There was some stuff that I still like, just riding through Muncie, just feeling the air. <laughs> I mean, dude, there's some classic feel stuff that had some I good eat. vibe, even if it wasn't like anywhere near the level the no, consciousness no, no, of consciousness and stuff you're trying to I do know. now. But like, there's the, the, you're you're your own worst critic. I just have to step in and say there are some things that I I still uh, find. Very enjoyable from that time period.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not all of it was horrible. No, 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 no. I don't mean that at all.
0: I know. I know what you mean, though. I was just. I just
1: wanted to. I just wanted. But to I, say I would like to have all that stuff. Yeah. Like you know, it is that that I was sad for a while when I knew I lost that storage unit.
0: But you know what? And I mean, it's easy to say because I'm not the one that lost that stuff. But I have a lot of respect for your mindset on that because ultimately it is just material things. Yes. You know, ultimately it's, it's material things. And, uh, I don't know. I just have a lot of respect for your mindset on that.
1: It's material things for sure, man.
0: I love these podcasts. They are fun, bro. They are so fun, man. I mean, I don't feel, honestly, I don't feel pressured. There's no restrictions. There's no restrictions. There's no pressure. There's no
1: guidelines.
0: No. And these are honestly, we, we, how many times, dude, especially in the last two years, have we just got together and talked for four or five hours?
1: Every time we get together. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> every, every time, time to, every, we get Well, together. you know, we had this podcast idea, I would say, over a year ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Probably more like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of it come from, is because we just had these great conversations. We both like to listen to podcasts, and we're just like, shit, dude, we should be recording these. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're like, these, these are good conversations, like. We yes. should be recording him, yes, but yeah,
0: well, I remember how influential it was to me to like listen to Rogan, you know, obviously, he's kind of like the the main podcast guy, so I'm right. not like I'm just saying to me to listen to people have conversations that that and I feel like his conversations now, and I'm not judging, but i'm I just feel like his conversations now seem a little bit more restrictive than what they were if you go back. And you listen to the archive starting from the beginning. It does seem to be that way. Yeah, and I'm not judging. There could be a multitude of reasons. You know, you 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 meet a lot of very intelligent people, and those people could have influence of the way that you think Absolutely. of the world and
1: view the world. I mean, I, I'm glad you said that too, because that's very true. He's yeah, meeting a lot of the top people. Of yeah, everything, I
0: know. mean, yeah, he's 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 having conversations with with the best of the best, the best of the best, and that has to have uh, an influence. But I do, I do so much love the beginning podcast because I really feel like that's kind of what opened my eyes to those conversations. Not that I never had a good conversation, sure. but you don't get long form conversation like that through regular media. Like if you watch the news and you have people that are talking about whatever they're talking about, they get three minutes and a lot of times they're talking over each other. And they're not even yeah, getting to the point; they're just crazy. arguing. Yeah, it's it's
1: it does such it's a, a disservice.
0: It's a joke. It's a joke.
1: It's a joke. It's, it just shows you how dumb they think we are, right? To even show that stuff to us, it's like or this, dumb they want to keep us or how dumb. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, you're no, no. I mean, I don't know what their motive is. I'm that. But that's that's very no. That's very true. It's like personally, I feel like I'm getting dumber watching this. Yeah, and so I can't. I'm not going to allow myself to watch it because it's. It's hurting my mental state. Yeah, you know it's it's I'm it's poisoning I'm, you. I'm de-evolving. I'm yeah. not I'm not getting any smarter by watching this. Right. This is really like um, when you showed me that last clip of the news. I mean, that really hurt my feelings. Yeah. Not not with you, but with right. with the with, state with everything. With, yeah. The state of affairs. Yeah, dude. Because that was just one clip. This is what they're doing every day on TV, and there's millions of people that's watching this that's not.
0: And those are the top two news stations, dude, Fox News and CNN, dude. They yeah. are the top, respectively, of the liberal and conservative uh, it's, binary system that's set in place. It it's just, almost like they're just programming people
1: to fight with each other. Man, it, I it mean, is. It's what they I mean, it, it's what it seems like. Yeah. It just it, hurts my feelings, man. It does. Like I'll get, I'll get on these. Uh, I don't watch TV, but I do watch YouTube. So sometimes um, while I'm eating or in between stuff, I might watch a couple uh, five minute or 10 minute suggestions and just watch something random yesterday or the day before I watched a couple uh, random clips while I was eating or something as dude, I was probably like five minutes into this video and my subconscious was like, Ron, what is this video? Like Hmm. it was, it was hurting my feelings and it was something that was just, I guess what I'm saying is, is I realized that all this video was created for was to entertain me and not to do anything but this like this dumbfounded entertainment. Like, Mind-numbing entertainment. Yeah, yeah, like this dumbed-down entertainment. And I called it real quick because it was something I normally wouldn't watch anyway. Um, and I was just trying to kill a few minutes while I was eating, but I didn't want to feel dumb doing so. Right. And my subconscious called it. And it was right. like, dude, what are you watching? Like... And so then I had this realization though, because this video had millions and millions of views. And like, I scroll down to the comments and no one's saying the things that I just thought about it. Right. I'm like, people aren't seeing this. Right. I don't know. It was, it was just a weird realization, man. Well, to me, trigger warning, it goes
0: back to cutting out the bullshit. Like.
1: You just see it. You see
0: it. You You just see it, You can't help it. Like, that was what I
1: was saying. Like, I didn't even personally see it. It was my subconscious. Yes. Pulled me to the side real quick and told me. It was like, Ron, like, don't waste your time on this. Right. This is making you stupid. Yes. So I I turned the video, but I did. I scrolled down and people wasn't calling this video out. They wasn't talking bad about it. It was just, dude, it was weird. It was just a realization where it was like, okay, um, people aren't realizing this the masses don't seem to be realizing that. Right. Well, and know. the
0: problem too is is
1: well, and I, I didn't I let me rephrase that. That might not be true because I didn't comment on the video. So right. people that was realizing it just might not have commented. Right. You know. So like,
0: part of the problem too I think with the especially it, it, this goes into a whole side of a conversation. I don't know. I really personally want to go into great detail in but there's a lot of on there's a lot of corporations online that have been caught recently controlling the narrative so they've been altering search results mm. or they've been you know Facebook has has admitted and gotten caught to purposefully manipulating people's emotions on their Facebook feeds because it gets more interaction time which is good for advertising AI algorithm will learn what makes you upset and then that's what they purposefully put into your news feed because they know that increases your chances of staying on that page for longer. Because that gets more interaction from you, and so it just makes me wonder. Like on YouTube, you know, if they don't do something similar, where maybe they're just filtering out the comments that are critical, oh. because they know that those comments don't get the engagement.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, there's just no, and that, that's the unfortunate position that we're in. You know, when you have to, when you have to just automatically assume that there's a really good possibility that you could be lied to, whether it's by corporations or people in positions of authority of any kind, you know, it's just always a possibility. I mean, you can't rule that possibility out. So then at that point, if you're a thinker, you have to start thinking, what are the odds? Right. And, and, and to have a good idea of what those odds might be, you really have to start looking at
1: the whole picture. Multiple perspectives. Yeah. Right.
0: And so when you see that we've been manipulated and lied to, so many times about so many different
1: things. And about BS. Yeah. It's not like they're just, it's not like they're picking the most grand things to lie about. They'll lie to us about stupid shit that they should never lie about anyway. That's where it really hurts. Cause then it's like, okay, you know, if you're going to lie to us about something this small. Right. You know?
0: Well, it, it, it goes back into how I think that a lot of these institutionalized, Organizations are run like psychopaths by psychopaths, mm. and when you when you look at firsthand experiences of people that live with psychopaths, a lot of times that's what they do: they lie about little stuff, stuff they don't have to lie about. You know, there's a term, and I didn't learn this till a couple years ago, uh, but it's called gaslighting. And I think I talked to you a little bit about it. There's it was yeah. actually made after a movie that was out in the '50s called Gaslight or Gaslighting, but it's basically a guy that lies so much to his wife that she doesn't know what's true. She starts to doubt her own sanity because he is so confident in telling her lies that she thinks he's telling the truth and she's doubting her own sanity. And so I think that's what ends up happening a lot of times in these corporations that are run by psychopaths. And a lot of people don't know this either, but there's actually a thing called secondary psychopathy, which means that you can be infected by psychopathy, just by having long-term exposure to psychopaths. And so governments can do that to their uh, population. Business leaders can do that to their employees. Mm -hmm. Religious leaders can do that to their uh, religious followers. Anytime you have psychopaths that rise to positions of power, people that are influenced by those people run the risk of becoming secondary psychopath by exposure.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. That's pretty wild.
0: And as an example, uh, I I was going to get to this for a different reason earlier. And then I got sidetracked, which I love. Ampstein. No, but thank you for reminding me about that. What I was going to bring up earlier, and I can't remember what we were talking about. I was going to talk about Osama bin Laden Uh because when they announced that Osama bin Laden had died, like I was on Facebook at this time and you had people cheering physically in the streets and on Facebook And in my mind, I was going through a change, I think, at that point. And I was like, how could people that are normally peaceful, loving, nonviolent people get joy out of the death Mm. of someone? Right.
1: You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. to me,
0: that's a sign of secondary psychopathy.
1: Bro, that's a damn, that's a really good example. Thank you. Yeah, that was a good one. Because that's so true, man. Yeah. That's so true. You know, I bet some of the people that were even cheering uh could possibly be listening to this right now and hopefully one of them had a realization cuz that dude you that's so true. The way you um worded that was a good one. Thank
0: you. Mhm. Yeah, I mean since you brought it up, I guess we'll just do a hard turn. And I don't honestly there's so much to this story Epstein. talking about Epstein. Yeah and it goes back so far. Damn, dude,
1: it's and crazy. There's so many roots. There's let me just let me just start the yes. the conversation by saying I was told about Epstein over 2 years ago by you. Yeah. You know, you yeah. had some idea that shit was not right a long time ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there were people that were way ahead of it than me. Right, right, like, right, right, it, right. It, but but yeah, like it wasn't new to me. In fact, When Epstein got arrested, I had multiple people text me and say, I remember you talking to me about this guy three years ago. I can't believe he's in the
1: news. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. I don't talk to a lot of people, but I did. I had someone mention something to me the day that that happened. And I was like, bro, my brother told me about this dude years ago. You know? Yeah,
0: his tentacles run deep, and there's a lot of new information that came out, obviously, since it's gone mainstream and you have a lot of people looking into like connections and relationships and
1: you know, but that's crazy. I'm, I'm a few days away from it now, but I followed it hard years ago and it's to me, it, the
0: whole thing was with Epstein with my exposure years ago, it wasn't just Epstein. Right. And I don't want to go into like, there's so many connections. I'm going to throw out some terms that way. If people want to research the connections I'm talking about, they can look up the, uh, the Boys Town Franklin scandal Uh, There's a documentary on YouTube called Conspiracy of Silence. Look up Jimmy Savile in the UK. Look up the 60 Minutes documentary called Lord Spies and Predators. Those three things were what I was exposed to that were on the top layer of things that I was researching years ago. And Epstein was just involved with all of that. So now that he's allegedly dead... Yeah, allegedly. You know, allegedly dead. I, mean, that's, I, I, I say that because if you're a... Here's my... I'm speculating.
1: We have to speculate right yeah. now because this isn't like a new event that's going on. And yeah. And we're kind of... Well, if you're a billionaire and right. you have dirt on some of the most powerful
0: people in the world... Right. Why would you not assume that it's possible to fake your own death? I mean, there are, people have done it that have less resources and less influence in the world... If you have the capability to take down political leaders of countries, why would you not assume that you have the power to fake your own death, especially around circumstances that are so extraordinary the way they are? I mean, you had a camera malfunction. That's what I was— You had guards that were asleep—I'm doing air quotes—asleep when they were supposed to be watching him. One of those guards wasn't even a real CO. I don't know if people have researched and found out exactly who he was or why he was there his his cellmate was an ex-cop that was in there for murdering people so even if he did die like to me he seems like a likely suspect he's in jail for murder and he's the most high-profile criminal at least at the time now right i mean he would he should be under constant surveillance surveillance even if he wasn't under suicide watch because one Pedophiles are always run the risk of higher suicide in prison anyway, because they don't bode well with the prison population. So most of the time they're segregated and watched because if they don't get hurt by people in prison, a lot of times they'll try to commit suicide. So just in general, he fits the profile even without being a high profile. He fits the profile of somebody that should be under surveillance. Right. But when you add in the fact that powerful influential people want him dead He should not leave the sight of anyone. He should be under constant video surveillance by multiple people off grounds, as well as people that are on grounds. And that's just with anyone with basic common sense. So you had cameras fail. You had guards asleep. You had neck bones broken that that generally only happen. uh, Not that it can't happen, but it doesn't really happen unless you can make yourself fall. And he was dead leaning, kneeling on the ground. So it would be almost physically impossible to do yourself just by kneeling and choking yourself to death. The, even as uh, lawyers are coming out now and saying that they don't uh, necessarily believe that it was a suicide. If he's alive, maybe they're just trying to continue this false debate of suicide or murder when they know he's alive. I don't know if he's alive.
1: I yeah, just I mean, know that, you have to question at that point. Yeah, you have to question. Because if all that stuff goes bad, someone could have killed him just as easy as he could have just walked out. Yeah. I mean
0: there's one picture of him dead on a on a gurney on the way to the hospital. The the reporter that was credited for the photo, taking the photo, there you can get on YouTube and watch the video. A guy actually calls him and puts and records the phone call, and it's on YouTube to ask him how he knew. To be there to take the photo of Je- of Jeffrey Epstein going into the hospital because at that point it hadn't been reported oh, wow. that he was dead, and he basically is like, "I have no comment. I have no comment," you know, and just. Oh, that's yeah.
1: strange.
0: Yeah, dude, it's super strange. And then when you look at the reporter, I'm not going to go into that. It's a rabbit hole that's in itself. Right. If you're interested <laughs> in it, I'm serious. Look up the reporter's name. And then look up his history. And that's all I'm going to say. You be the judge of your own conclusions, but do some research. If you're interested in the topic, look up the guy that got the picture of uh, Jeffrey Epstein on the gurney and then do a little bit of research. And it's it's a wild
1: I it's like a wild that idea right there, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, just putting out where to get the information and saying, hey, you know, check this out and form an opinion on yeah. this. I think Come that's. Your a, own. I think that's a great way to put out certain information. I agree. So you know, uh, that's a really cool way to do that, Randy. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. think that's
0: a good idea, because I don't want to get too speculative.
1: Yeah, but there's a I, lot I think of... it cuts that out. It yeah, cuts, you know, it keeps it keeps us from. It, but it also kind of lets people know where to go. Yeah, some of the yeah, th- in the I research see. that
0: I've done, where yeah. some of the hot topics are. That's a great idea. So you have that. This guy owned his own private ranch, where apparently he wanted to seed the human race with his DNA. That's strange, isn't it? Dude, it's really weird.
1: Uh, a lot of these billionaire secret clubs have these weird things like that. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know, these secret race and DNA things. Yeah. It's really strange.
0: And dude was super intelligent, man. He didn't have a college degree, but he was a college professor at some of the most esteemed institutions in the United States, which is weird by itself. His girlfriend, or his procurer of young girls, because... If you're not caught up on the Epstein case, he was basically raping. A lot of people like to say he molested or he had sex with young girls. It's rape. Okay, Use the proper terminology. He was raping little girls on his island, and there were likely some of the most influential people in the world that were either participating with him or knew about it.
1: Dude, he was giving 13-year-old girls to his friends for birthday presents.
0: Yeah. Well, I think he actually got—here's the crazy
1: thing— like this might not be the same story. It's so crazy. It might be though. But he got as a as a
0: as a birthday gift from a guy that ran a modeling agency and his name was Jean-Luc. It is. That's something. the story I'm talking about, yeah. This guy gave Epstein three girls. Triplets. That's what okay. They were twins, so it wasn't from Epstein. Tri-
1: they were triplets. Yeah. 12 years old. 12 years old. That's what that's I just insane. read. Yeah, that's what I just read. That's That's crazy, insane. Uh, crazy. And
0: so he had a girlfriend. I don't know if you pronounce her name, her first name, Ghislaine or Ghislaine, but her, her name is spelled weird, but her last name is Maxwell. So it's either Ghislaine or Ghislaine. I'm going to say Galane because it just rolls better to me. So Ghislaine Maxwell. This is how crazy of a situation it is with her. Her dad was a media, uh, a media mogul in the UK years ago. And he was directly involved with the uh, with Israel's version of the CIA. They have their own like little secret intelligence agency, and it's called the Mossad. He was involved with the Mossad, and he died mysteriously falling off his yacht naked. That's pretty strange. Years ago.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. But so he's he has Assad connections and ties, and he was the Mossad was using him to put out information in the UK through his media outlets. So his daughter Glaine is now in this, whatever kind of relationship they had, publicly you would say their boyfriend and girlfriend, but if this was a blackmail operation that they had going on, she was procuring these young girls for Epstein to possibly blackmail all of these different politicians and business owners and anybody that had any kind of influence that they wanted to be able to, to control in this weird situation they had. And so how weird is it that Ghislaine was off the radar for, well, first of all, a lot of people don't know Epstein was arrested in 2008 in Florida and on molestation charges. And he got such a sweetheart deal uh, that they basically gave him a year work release in prison or 16 months work release in prison where he got to leave for 16 hours a day. And he basically went back to sleep. He went back to prison to sleep. Come to find out now Excuse me. Come to find out now he was leaving prison and going and raping little girls and going back to prison
1: at night. That's so crazy. It's so weird. So what about why does she know how to uh, fly all these submarines and airplanes and jets and boats? She has a submarine license.
0: She has a helicopter license and she has a jet license. That's strange in itself. That to um, me seems spy
1: like. Well. Yeah, you got yeah. a freaking submarine license. Like, yeah. who has a submarine license? Like, that's cool as shit. Don't get me wrong. I'm right. not laughing at the. I'm just. It, it, it's absurd. Dude, like, you it's would so, think yeah. that story can't be real. That's can't absurd. Be. Yeah, it can't be real. Oh, and you can fly a jet. Okay, John Travolta. Oh, and an airplane. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, or a helicopter or whatever. Right. It's very weird, man. It's really weird, dude. It's very and the weirdest. Strange, one of yeah. the weirdest parts was is she
0: got total immunity from the deal in two thousand and eight. Oh, wow. So she was involved and accused. And in, in, in what he got, uh, he had to register as a sex offender in the state of Florida, and she got complete immunity. Wow. So she was nowhere to be found after Epstein uh, got arrested and, and murdered. And then, strangely, the New York Post posted a picture of her uh, allegedly eating at an In-N-Out burger where she was reading a book called The, the Life and Death of CIA Operatives. You're shitting me. I'm not kidding. So the original story, <laughs> uh, let's say it gets weird, dude. It's, ori- so,
1: it's already so weird. It's so weird. Oh, but God. the
0: original story is the uh, the New York post puts out this photo and they were like uh, a guy that eats an in and out burger every day, saw her there and walked up to her and said, are you who I think you are? And she says, why? Yes, I am. And he asks her if, she, if he can take her photo and she says, yes. So he takes this photo, allegedly, and sends it to the New York Post. And so they post this photo. And what they didn't realize is that there's a lot of Internet sleuths that that start picking everything apart, right? So they release a couple photos, and people realize that there's... uh, In in photos, a lot of people don't know, there's hidden information. It's called EXIF data. And so when you take a photo, depending on the device that you're using, that EXIF data can contain different information like if you use a professional DSLR camera that you can program it to keep your name hidden in the photos, So copyright purposes, Watermarks you, can, and w- stuff you, like that. you can have it have GPS coordinates. Oh, a lot of times, yeah, even yeah. when you take pictures on your phone, yep. that information gets put in yep, uh, right. to your to the photos as hidden information, where yeah. if you know where to look, you can find it. So they didn't strip the EXIF data. So come to find out there was a, there was a copyright watermark, in the exif data that, and i can't remember the name of the company so people look up the name of this company and it has and it's it's her, basically like her lawyer so at first the new york post released this photo that says a, a regular Random patron person. to this to this burger joint randomly saw her there but then come to find out it was it was traced back to her traced back to her lawyer so it was a planned
1: Thing. It was a, yeah, it was like I mean, a photo on. op. Yeah. So
0: then you have to wonder what's the agenda of that. And then is, is she trying to throw people off the scent because they gave the location. The weird thing was, is there were things that were edited in the photo, like wow. on the bus stop in the back. Showed they, the numbers better or showed the address they, better or they something. Com- they completely changed the advertisement on the side of the, the the bus stop. So like you had a poster that was on the side. Yeah. The poster that w- that was supposed to be there wasn't there. Somebody edited in a different poster. And nobody knows why, but that was edited in.
1: That's so Dude, it's really weird. Well, I mean, you'd have to think they're trying to throw people off at that point. I yeah. Mean...
0: So are they trying to... Is this an old photo they were trying to make look new? By maybe putting a newer poster on the advert on the bus advertisement to make it look like yeah, it was, because it was advertising a movie that was just about to come out.
1: Well, if you're saying they're at the this person's at the In and Out Burger, then you clearly are staying where they're at, so. right? Yeah, so they're not trying to throw you off location-wise. No, huh? That's really strange.
0: Unless she really wasn't there, and that photo was taken years ago, and now they're just editing out, wow. editing new advertisements in oh, the back I get you. They to might make just... it look like a new photo. Yeah, and and she's really not there now. She's off in, and in a, France country, or right. you know oh, wherever right. she's at.
1: Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. Y- who as knows? Far as, no, I mean you can so, only I mean, speculate. Yeah, you know, I'm saying you're right as far as yes, uh, that could be what they're trying to do. Yeah, because that, that doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. So the, you have the whole.
1: Damn, that's strange. Yeah,
0: yeah, dude, the whole story is strange. And I could go on forever and ever and ever. If you're interested in looking it up, there's a guy on, uh, there's a a couple outlets to look up. There's a guy on YouTube. He goes by the name Rusty Shackelford. He's actually been taking a drone up every day over Epstein's Island because Epstein was so rich. He owned his own island. Uh, He's been taking a drone up on Epstein's Island, which magically the FBI never decided to raid after Epstein's arrest until immediately after he
1: died yeah that's so come on
0: it's weird so it, it, what's really crazy uh, it's and hilarious is rusty Shackelford had been recording epstein's island for uh basically since he'd been arrested at this point point. and after he dies he's the one that that basically puts out to the world that the fbi was raiding his his island because he got it on on tape with his drone he had his drone looking <laughs> through the windows as the fbi's Going into this thing. so
1: messed up.
0: (laughs) Dude, dude. it's so funny. You can go back and watch the videos of the original Epstein uh, raid on the island. So Rusty Shackelford, there's a lot of uh, good videos for him. Then there's this other uh, news organization that I found that actually went to his ranch.
1: That was an interesting
0: video. the, The Zorro Ranch, which was in New Mexico, that he bought from the governor of Mexico, Bill Richardson. Dude, the 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 connections are so weird. They actually flew a drone up around this or a ranch there as well. They they went up on foot. But one of the weird things that they pointed out later in the conversation, and I don't know if we watched this point of the conversation because I don't think we watched we the watched whole video, half of it. Yeah. where they talked about how there were only you know if you think about why you put bars on windows,
1: mm, it's no, to yeah, keep people
0: out, right? Right. But the, he only had bars selectively on windows. So if you were trying to keep people out, you would have bars on all the windows.
1: windows, Yeah. So damn. So you're keeping people in. You're keeping people in. Well, it was, it was, it was kind of strange. I mean, I guess it's not the whole thing strange, but it was weird that he said that this big mobile home wasn't just recently here.
0: The RV. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, and that's, that's all speculation. Like, are they trying to get people out? You know, um, are moving big things. I don't know. could just be people uh, with big money, just like the travel and those huge campers or whatever. Right. You know, you have to look at all all aspects, possibilities. Of it. Yeah. I kind of just threw that in there. That was like more of a me and you yeah. conversation, well, right there. Well, one of the pictures,
0: point. one of the pictures they had up on that uh, True News video is a couple vehicles outside of his building, and one of it was like a half million dollar RV home, and so that's what they were. Yeah. They were thrown out there that they had. Uh, done a flyover a few days before and that RV allegedly wasn't there at the time so
1: yeah so that was a good a pretty good little clip though yeah i liked their um approach it was very professional you know they were well spoken right they had a lot of good facts um but it was just it was well approached i agree you know what
0: i mean i agree it was that, very well put together yeah 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 uh, and as we've had discussions before for a lot of people that's that's what it's all about does this look like something that i normally see right so there's a lot of people that would immediately poo poo on an independent researcher that's making a video on his webcam no matter how real or true the information might be we're sitting here in t-shirts and
2: yeah yeah yeah. yeah.
0: i have one sock on and it's around my uh, pinky But that's so, true, for a though. lot of people, it's all it, it all comes down to how well does this fit the image of what they believe true information looks like, you yeah. know? So, so damn,
1: that's good, yeah. So, it, what true information looks like, <laughs> I like that.
0: So, yeah, it,
1: Randy's dropping gems on this episode. <laughs> that was a good one.
0: Thanks. So, yeah, the Epstein holes deep, man. I mean, it. it, it
1: but they were sitting around in, in suits and ties. Yeah, it was yeah, it just looked a,
0: very mainstreamish yeah, for a just, lot of people that, that feel like comfortable a, getting their it looked information like a, that way. A,
1: a good production room. Yeah, it looked yeah. like a nice newsroom. Right. It just yeah, it was done well. Yeah, it was done. Very I appreciated well.
0: it. Yeah. Yep. It was a it was a good video. So, and Epstein, the the one of the girls, one of his accusers, one of his rape victims was. Uh, has accused him and i mean he has multiples now and there's stories and here's the thing a lot of people don't know too i think his name is lex wexner he's the guy that basically owns victoria's secret was uh he gave epstein a 77 million dollar mansion yeah i heard about this yeah and that's the that's the property they raided originally and when they raided that property they found a safe and on that safe inside the safe there were cds that said Young girl plus, and then they would blur out the name. So apparently, they were pictures or videos of young girl with whatever the name of that person was. So they were co- some kind of blackmail, uh, DVDs or CDs that either had videos or the pictures. I found this, yeah.
1: Oh, wow, yeah. The first day,
0: oh, I didn't know this, yeah. They, they, raided, they raided the mansion that Lex Wexner, the guy that runs Victoria's Secrets, he was basically. Apparently, feeding Epstein young models as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is what I heard.
0: Yeah, um, and he gave him a seventy-seven million dollar mansion, which is weird. That's like, so weird. Dude. It's
1: really weird. You know, that's a crazy amount of money.
0: One of the girls that uh, is is accusing Epstein now of everything. Uh, her name's Virginia Roberts. He recruited. They recruited her from Donald Trump's. Oh yeah, Mar-a-Lago,
1: dude. That she crazy. was working there And Under- Epstein was she was her. working there necessarily. Probably she wasn't even eighteen. No, she was like fifteen. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like, was she even supposed to be working there? Right. Yeah, it's weird. I know Bill Clinton rode on his plane twenty-six times, but it was supposed to only. I think he only said it was like twice. Yeah, it's so weird. Or Three dude. times. I mean, how do you? Those aren't those aren't numbers you mix up. Dude, Epstein. It, well, it's not like, okay, uh, I'll be there in five or ten minutes. Oh, yeah. I rode this plane three or 26 times. Yeah. Come I, on. Rogan, and of course, Rogan's uh, audio guy, Jamie,
0: in the back, they're talking about Epstein in one of Rogan's podcasts, and he looks over at Jamie, and he's like, Jamie, we're, we're really good friends, right? Jamie's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, how many times have we ridden on a plane together? He's like, maybe five or six times. He's like, so we're really good friends, and we do a lot of stuff together. And we've only ridden on a plane together five or six times. Dude,
1: that is... (laughs) Damn, that's true. Yeah. What the hell was you doing on a plane 26 times? Yeah. Wow. Dude, we're family and we've been on an airplane... Twice. Maybe three times. Right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to Rogan for that one because that's a good one. Yeah.
0: So think about that, though. The dude had immediate connections to the current sitting president of the United States and immediate connections to a president from a few presidents ago.
2: Mm.
0: And if you look up the log of people that have been to his island, for who knows what, some of them possibly for whatever reason, but you have to you have to imagine that he's basically admitted this is this is what this is how sloppy he was getting. There's a lot of people that speculate that they they wanted to take him out because he was getting sloppy. He literally came out and said that he had cameras hidden in every room in his house, and he recorded everything everyone did on his property at all times. So whatever that recording, whatever those recordings were, who knows? They haven't released yet. Who knows if they he kept it? Who knows if, if th- there could be—this is speculation— there could be people that are powerful enough within institutions in the government—
1: or even outside of the government.
0: Or even outside of the government. Yeah. They have influence on institutions in the government. Where, if were not they, that the FBI hasn't been caught doing corrupt things before, if the FBI goes in and gets this information. Who's to say that that information never sees the public? Right.
1: You know what I'm saying? They could control this entire narrative. Yes. Well, like we talked about before, too, and something I never really thought about either until until recently. You know, it's very possible that there are Small organizations that are controlling the narrative of our entire government already—that's outside the government, right? That's just speculation, right? But it's just an idea that 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 that's possible, right? I never, I never even that was never even part of my uh, conscious thinking, right? Until I, I think maybe we had that conversation. I was like, "Holy shit, that that is possible," you know?
0: It's so weird that I, I have some pretty straight and narrow friends. And I love all my friends. I I love that everybody has different ideas about the world. And I don't want anybody to have the same exact mindset that I do. I just like explaining how I think the way I think and why I think the way I think, because I think if you just hear what I think, it's easy to just poo poo it away. But when you realize that there's reasons, when you start looking at knowledge, that's available facts, there's a lot of speculation out there and Honestly, this goes back to cutting out bullshit. If you're not trying to cut bullshit out of your own life, when you go online, you start researching stuff, it might be hard to cut out the bullshit. You're not used to cutting out bullshit, so it's hard to do research because you don't know what's bullshit. But when you when you start cutting bullshit out of your own life, it makes it so much easier to cut bullshit out of any other aspect of your life, whether it's music or food or even research. Once you start researching, it's a little easier to cut out the bullshit. So anyway, my whole point is, I have a lot of, I have a few straight and narrow friends, and for them, they poo poo a lot of the stuff that I that I that is fact that I that I have conversations with them about. They texted me after the Epstein situation and said, "Man, I'm not really into conspiracy theories, but I think there could be uh, a hidden force controlling our government." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, bro, I'm I mean, not kidding, dude. Well, you got. Something that's as big as this Epstein case. Yeah. Dude, that's huge. Yeah. If the truth was really to come out, this has the um potential to rewrite our entire system. Yeah. Bring down governments. To bring down governments of not just our country. No, no. We're talking about kings and princes and shit. I mean, this was this is huge, bro. Yes. They're gonna show us what naturally what they want us to, to think. And yeah, that's they control the narrative. Control when you control the narrative, narrative you, know, you control the perspective. You have to think too, this case is so huge that even if it were to bring down a couple higher ups, we'll just imagine who it didn't bring down. Right. Imagine who who they covered up. It's something that's this huge, we'll never see the end of it, man. Yeah. We'll never know.
0: Right. Yeah. And it and it, it makes it makes a little and it's sad because it's hard to research this topic because you children are sacred and when you realize there are people out there that want to harm children it's scary mm-hmm. and it's hard to get past the idea that that organizations that you might respect are filled with are filled with people are filled with psychopaths that either Allow this to happen, encourage this to happen, or look the other way. You know, like that's just as bad or worse. Yeah, looking the other way. Absolutely, you know, that's
1: just as bad or worse.
0: Yeah, but then when you start looking at these other scandals, because there have been many other ones, they just it was before the internet was around, so they didn't get popular. When you look at the Franklin scandal, dude, that was back in the '80s, and and you had kids testifying to the FBI that George Bush Senior was raping children, and they were hiding in the closet watching it happen. Wow. There's you can get online and you can listen to the testimony of these children, these 15 and 16-year-old kids testifying that George Bush senior was at these private elite I think, parties. I
1: think, I think I watched this video with you. That, there's a there's the conspiracy of silence. Ago. It's a, Yeah, conspiracy of silence. I did yeah. I watched that with you.
0: Yeah, there's a podcast yeah. that 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 goes into a lot more of the audio aspects of like the FBI uh, interviews. It's a Sword and Scale podcast, uh, episode five and six.
1: Nice. I love that you pulled that out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and both of those cover the Franklin scandal. And they talk about the Paul Bonacci. Paul Benacci was... It, it, it all started... I watched this documentary called Who Took Johnny Gosh? And it's on Netflix. And it's a really good documentary about this kid that has a paper route that goes missing. And his mom is still looking for her son. And it, this is a Netflix documentary. Well, after that documentary, I found uh, the Franklin scandal, uh, the Conspiracy of Silence documentary, which was a documentary that was actually banned in the 80s. The United States government gave the Discovery Channel like $2.5 million to not put it out.
1: Oh, I remember that.
0: Yeah. And so they uh, supposedly were supposed to destroy all copies of it. They found one. Uh, it's, It's slightly uncut. I mean, it's slightly un- unfinished. There's a couple like uh, menu scenes where maybe a transition was supposed to be, where it just goes to a black screen for a second. But the whole documentary is there. The 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 lawyer that defended these kids wrote a, a book that I haven't read, but you can get on you can get online and read the book. I think it's called The Franklin Cover Up. But basically, these kids were accusing local police officers, local people that ran the news media, uh, people that were in the court system, the judges. Um, of all being involved in this in this pedophile ring, and it went all the way up to the top of the United States. And the people that were actually investigating this were getting threats from people saying, "You don't want to investigate this; That's there crazy. could be
1: negative outcomes." Damn, I forgot about this. Yeah, this is this is an earlier video that I watched with you a couple yeah. of years ago. And so Paul Bonacci
0: was one of the kids that was testifying uh, in this in, to the FBI in this uh, documentary, and he. This goes back to that Who Took Johnny Gosh documentary. He says he's the he's the one that kidnapped Johnny Gosh for this pedophile ring. Mm. So you have the Johnny Gosh story that ties in with the Franklin scandal, and the Franklin scandal goes all the way up to the White House, according to these kids. Get, on, get online and listen to their testimonies, and, and you make your own judgment calls on whether you think they're telling the truth. But then you have, like, Jimmy Savile in the UK knighted by the queen friends with uh princes over there uh, ran around with princes was a, a tv celebrity the bbc covered up his pedophilia for oh, years
1: God, yeah
0: dude he was raping dead children in the hospital he he was giving millions of dollars to charity so he could have access to children in the hospital while they're sick he was being accused while he was alive the bbc played it down like none of this could be happening now it's been widely accepted in the UK now that he's dead, and yeah, he had crazy. connections that went directly to the Queen, connections up to the top of the BBC, which was their their basically NPR. I
1: heard Alex Jones talking about this dude. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Some of the stuff he was saying, it was it was so off the wall that the people he was talking to wasn't going for it for a second. They was like, "No, there's no way." Yeah, but there, he he had too many facts. Right. There's no, you can't deny the facts. Right. But it did sound crazy as shit. It I thought sounds ridiculous. I, I thought for a second, like, okay, maybe he's just maybe he ingested too many drugs or something, or exaggerate. Yeah, yeah, no, he wasn't, man. It was it was a good little, uh, good little episode. I mean, it was it's not good information as far as like.
0: It's not happy information. No, it's not
1: happy information. But it's
0: information that people need to be aware of. Because be these are the people sure that are running
1: are the world. Right. These aren't just people like... Well, that's that's what makes this information so important. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't even think it would be as important to... I mean, it still would because people, kids do not need to be hurt. Children do not need to be hurt. I think we would be more selective on what we thought was important if it wasn't the people that was in control of our country. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it it just it becomes very, very important. It absolutely does. You know. Because it's
0: not only just the people that are in control of the government, it's also people that are in control of like religious institutions. When you look at like Catholic priests, you'd have to look up the number. It's billions of dollars that they've spent defending priests in court against these rape accusations. And they don't fire the priests, they move them. So when these when these priests get accused of molesting these children, the Catholic Church doesn't say, you're out of here, buddy. No, they just
1: relocate them to another spot. Wow. They just move them around. Wow. I read something that was talking about a number of Catholic priests in Pennsylvania over Mm -hmm. a certain amount of years. But it was like a crazy number. I just thought maybe that might ring a bell to you. If that might have been something, you see,
0: they, they might have been. Uh, I watched a documentary on Netflix called uh, "The Finders," I think, and it was about uh, it was about um, Catholic priests, and I think it was in Pennsylvania. Mm. But it was all these girls that didn't that didn't feel comfortable telling their story until now. And you have all of these girls that came out Coming that basically, forward. yeah, we're talking about how there was a pedophile ring going on. They would. They would, here's how frightened the girls were. They would, during school, it was like these Catholic schools. During school, the principal would say, Jenny Smith, I need to see you in my office. And she knew she was going to get raped. Oh, no. They would call you out in front of everybody. And everybody knew what was going to happen when you went into that office. You're shitting me, dude. No, dude, you need to watch this documentary. Oh,
1: no, that's horrible.
0: Dude, I'm telling you this runs deep it's deeper than epstein but epstein is the blue pill to get people to buy into this idea because it's there this isn't a theory there's documented evidence it's coming out more and more just like the cia stuff just like the fluoride just like the alien people are becoming aware and if you want to be able to cut the bullshit out of your research start cutting it out of your own life and it makes it easier
1: that's crazy
0: (laughs) dude it's crazy the whole, there's a documentary I mentioned earlier, 60 Minutes, Australia put out this documentary. It's called Lord, Spies, and Predators. And it's these people now that are in their 40s and 50s that are talking about how they were passed around in British Parliament as basically these sex toys among politicians. And it goes up to the highest, they have a they have a secret service over there and it's changed names. It used to be called the MI5, now it's called the MI6. I think at the time it was called MI5 the main guy of the mi5 was one of the guys that was passing these kids around all these politicians Mm. the head of the secret service you know who was head of the secret service one time here in our country who george bush senior how weird is that
1: yeah that is it's really weird man it's really strange all right let's
0: take a quick turn onto another topic (laughs) I'm done i'm I'm like I'm exhausted on this topic I'm actually well, I'm glad you got this that, yeah, in my voice a lot of,
1: a lot of good information man dude you just put out some good information there's some information on there that hell if I didn't if I didn't have the opportunity to be able to just ask you in person I'd be rewinding and like I need to go check this one out <laughs> You put some good ones out there bro that's what this is all about man that's what that's what this whole point of this is
0: but it yeah and it's dark man I know like it I, is dark but I know is... you're
1: exhausted but I'm exhausted thinking and talking about it. now you got it. that out, man. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's. You
0: and know. I got into a dark place years ago when I first started researching this. Like,
1: it blew it How, how could you not? I mean, it, you have, I mean, you, it has to, you don't have to stay in that dark place, but it right. has to bring on some type you of have, dark feeling. You have to you acknowledge have, it to to, to want to not have to acknowledge it. Right. Like that's, right. that's what motivates
0: you. Right. You know, it's like we were talking earlier. That is true. Yeah, yeah it's like, stress is a motivator. It stresses me out that this stuff is allowed to happen. This is what motivates me to talk about it. Like, right. what? What else can I do? <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? Right. Like, what else can you do? Well, I think that's great because uh, you're musically talented. A lot of people don't even know that, but you have this great desire to put out information. Same when I'm going to write write songs. Yes. You know? That's what just naturally comes out. Is yeah. this, it's a weird thing when you take this path. Once this path starts to unfold, it seems like most of the people that are on this path, they preach peace and love, you know, awareness and truth, and that's truth in general. Right. Every, all truth it doesn't bring peace and happiness. Truth right. is truth. It brings awareness. This path leads... To very similar directions, no matter what culture you come from, no matter if you're a man or a woman, you know, it's just, it's really strange. And it goes back to even some of like the greatest philosophers or... I I agree. And that's beautifully said, man. It's really neat to me. But I,
0: I think you're right. I think it's, uh, there are so many people that get caught up in what they think they're supposed to do, like to survive. You know what I mean? That... They think they just need to go to work and pay a mortgage and get an education and get Let's married program. and have kids. And there's nothing wrong. I'm not negatively putting people down, but there's more to life than that. Like, that's that's surface level to me. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Like, so much more, yeah. There's
0: so much more to life. You know, that's the path that people in power hope you take. Because yes. when you take that path... You're not consumed. aware of what they're doing
1: no yeah and you're just consumed with all these different things yes you know it's just it's weird bro it's weird that hmm. such a cliche
0: yeah. statement is like stop to smell the flowers mm-hmm. could transfer over to the big long conversation we had just stop to raise your awareness of the things that are really happening right like take a break from your habitual life whatever it is whether you're a freaking billionaire that rides on jets all day, or you're cleaning out toilets at McDonald's, like take a step back.
1: Yeah. And take a step back and breathe,
0: take a step back, find peace, but also find awareness. And to find awareness, sometimes you have to
1: face uncomfortable truths. The same thing as what you just said about socially aware stuff. I can apply that same, that same concept to meditation because meditation will bring peace but you have to face some uncomfortable truths. The struggle. First. Yeah, it's a meditation isn't the easiest thing at first. It does bring peace at, at, at the end. I just think that's neat that I can apply that to that too.
0: Meditation wise, I've 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 not attempted to focus and 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 go like you have, and I have so much awe and respect for that complete, because I do know how powerful it is. Yeah, like
1: you know but what I mean. I'm also like I. I also don't have a um, uh, any live in kids or girlfriends. I just it's I we have different surroundings, right? You know, it's it's something like that is probably going to be as easy for you to do right now. You know, yeah. But I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. But you know, I think that it interests you for sure. Yeah. You know,
0: it definitely does because I know the power of the mind, mm-hmm. and and I know the the how powerful perception is and i and i've seen your growth and development mentally and spiritually and i don't accredit all that to meditation but i know that's accelerated it yes. at an at an increasingly high level so i i have much respect and admiration for the act of meditation just by watching watching you and Definitely. listening to your stories cuz i've got to hear some amazing some, Some wild, amazing stories yeah.
1: over over the last few years. You're the only person that I tell the far out shit to. You're a person that understands it all boils down to perception. Everything, yeah.
0: Perception is reality.
1: Perception is is actually is actually reality. Um, you know, we have this per, this idea of our of ourself um, as a human being in a body, but I like to tell people if you just if you just close your eyes for a minute and focus your awareness to the center of your forehead, well, that awareness is you. Hmm. That's the real you. You know, I like like that. When I think about the spiritual plane, I think about that awareness that I just spoke of. You see what I'm saying?
0: I do. And I, I, I have a lot of respect for, I consider myself a, a spiritual person. I think a lot of times it's hard for people that haven't put a lot of thought into spirituality to think of spirituality as anything other than religion. You know, and I think spirituality
1: has been hijacked by organized religion. Yeah. I don't even like the word spirituality. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I don't dislike it, but yeah. Yeah. Because of that. It's almost been tainted. Yeah. It's been been tainted. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think it's great. I think it's great for, uh, for people to hear the perspective of somebody that's—I don't know. I mean, would you say you've always been spiritually aware? Is that even
1: before you were consciously spiritual? Do you think you were spiritual without knowing? Pop, yeah. Like a small part of me, you know. Um. But no, nothing, nothing like I am now. No, no I can't even know. I can't compare it. I would say that that I've always had soul in me you know like mm-hmm. if that can make sense like only recently have I become in, in, in tune with the with the spiritual uh, side of me or the spiritual realms whatever you want to call it yeah that's a, that's more of a recent thing in the past couple of years
0: I know we talked about it a little bit in the last podcast, but part of I think what gives me the freedom and you as well, but what? But how I've analyzed my mindset, part of what gives me the freedom to be as critical of the system as I am is that I wasn't raised to blindly respect or support any aspect of the system. And also, we were never raised to be have any religious attachments. So you were able to experience spirituality from a pure from a pure perspective, that hadn't been tainted by right by you know somebody else's idea of what spirituality is based on exactly. something they read in a book. And I'm not trying to sound negative. I'm not. And I, I, I know it sounds negative, and I'm 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 really not trying to say that. I'm just trying to say that when you learn something at a young age and you're told that's what something is, it's hard to back out of that later in life and and have an unbiased view. And I feel like not being forced into an organized religion. That's, yeah, gives that's you true. A, gives you a pure view, you that's know. Gives you, it lets you explore without the bias of of childhood attachments. You very know?
1: very true. I feel like I started becoming much more spiritual after I started meditating, but I'm trying to remember, like, did I start meditating because I was starting to become right. spiritual? You know right. what I'm saying? It's <laughs> <laughs> it's like which comes first, yeah, the chicken or the was, egg? Yeah, yeah. man. I, I I do know that I had a couple strange things happened during early meditation that changed my perspective on everything and that did open up a more spiritual perspective for me was a couple of things that happened during these meditations and this is you know meditations that was in the first month of me meditating right you know, early early on so yeah interesting
0: at, at this point um were you doing any kind of guided meditations, or were you doing silent meditations?
1: I actually, um, when I first started meditating, was just all using um, like binaural beats music. However, you say that word,
0: so it might have been after we read about
1: the gateway. No, this is before the gateway. This is be- so this- you were into bina- binaural,
0: or binaural, or how yeah, have you said started- before
1: the gateway? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's how I. That's how I started meditating. I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I started off using the binaural beats music, which is just uh, f- sounds and frequencies that supposed that to help aid. It's and- supposed to help just different things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And whatever, regardless of whatever they do, it's it's comforting. Yeah. Certain ones can be comforting, so it just kind of helps you ease your mind. I tell you something I've been doing lately is I've been listening to these kundalini mantras. And that's been really, really interesting. But when I first started, I was doing a lot of binaural beats, but I was doing some guided meditations.
0: There, it's been a lot. There's dude. There's been so much that's happened.
1: Oh yeah. In yeah. the last
0: three years, like in so fast in so many aspects of life, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so strange in a good way, not in a negative way at all. Like it's just, if you would have told me. Five years ago. This is where I'd be right now. (laughs) I'm like, wow. Yeah, this is pretty dope. Yeah. Dude, this is some of the most amazing, amazing times of my adult life. For sure. I don't feel like I'm to the height of awareness by any means, like at all. But to, to feel like at least I'm making a valiant effort to become... Aware, yeah, and to cut out the bullshit and to be able to experience that with you is just because we're naturally kind of doing it. Like, I'm not trying to force you to do this, and you're not trying to force. Like, it's just it's natural. It's yeah. just a thing. Like, it's just this is what it is. It, it's like evolving in similar paths at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's so. really strange. Yeah, yeah, it's really strange. Yeah. Since the last episode, I was gonna release uh good vibe sessions which is my instrumental album as i was getting it ready i realized it needed a little more work so i just uh had to push that back a couple of weeks and, you know i just kind of wanted to put that out there oh yeah but uh it just needed some some remix and remaster and
0: right just there. so people that maybe didn't hear the the first episode or maybe they listened to it uh Far apart, the good vibe session is the instrumental album. It's yes, it's that it. uh, you're selling for one price that has. Are are you setting the number? Or are you still contemplating the number of tracks?
1: It's gonna be ten or twelve tracks. Okay. At the so if it's ten, it'd be it'd be uh, fifty dollars. If it's uh, twelve, it'd be sixty. Okay, or fifty nine ninety nine or forty nine ninety nine. It'd be either one of the two. But you can use those instrumentals to.
0: Literally, if you like all those instrumentals and you want that to be your album, you just put
1: lyrics down over them and you have an album. A full album, yeah. Dude, that's... And you know, the reason why I'm delaying it is because I know it could sound a little better. Yeah. Because I care. Right. You know what I'm saying? I want, to, I want, I want the quality to, to be Yeah,
0: there. yeah, absolutely. I've done a lot of different photography jobs in the past, just as an example, I guess. And there were definitely times where... I felt like I had made such an improvement in a small amount of time that I was working on a project that I felt like I needed to almost start over on because I I had had an epiphany at that point that I felt took it to the next level. So I I don't know if that's, you know, what exactly is what's going on, but I'm just saying for for me,
1: for instance, uh, you know, I I just put out an album um, a little over a month ago. And if you listen to the single I just put out last week, they don't even sound like the same producer. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's just that much of an improvement in my mixing. and Everything that's happened has been happening real fast. Real fast. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Shit.
0: (laughs) I was going to give examples, but it's like I could list a million examples. I know, and
1: this is what's really weird is right before we started this podcast, I was like, Randy, well, this is why I'm pushing this back. And he's like, yeah, I get it for sure. And I'm like, well, it's kind of like this, you know, those, those two new singles I just put out, um, there's such a big difference in them songs. And I was like, but I just learned so much like in the past two days that this next new song is going to be a huge difference as well. But I also have a lot of time. Everyone has the same amount of time. We all have the same amount.
0: Right. But you allocate your time towards your craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, I do. You know, it's just, I'm just focusing my time properly, you know
0: there are times when I get so obsessed and involved in like a creative project where it's like, I just want to create. And and I think that's important. But then there's times where it's like, well, you kind of want to learn something new mm-hmm. or something different to give your, to give a future project or your current project, a little bit of flavor. Like there were times where I feel like I definitely was feeling a little stale with my photography So in the middle of a project, I'd maybe branch out and try to learn a couple new techniques on photo editing. or That's
1: where I'm at with my music right now. Yeah. I like how you say that, though, to give it a little flavor. Yeah. Because see, when I first wanted to release the Frequencies project, I was trying to figure out ways to make it sound a little neater. And then I started battling my own mind because I'm like, Ron, at that point, if you're just trying to entertain people... um, maybe you shouldn't be doing music because at that point, that's just ego. Ego wants the gratification of entertainment. Right. Ron doesn't want to entertain people. He just wants to put out truths or what he believes are his truths. Right. I was battling my ego because I'm like, okay, if, I, if I'm if i just wanting to make this music sound cool so people listen to it, I actually put a post up on Facebook too, so I'm sure I mentioned this to you a little bit. Yeah. Someone said something as a comment on my Facebook post that was at the right timing. I needed to hear that, what they had, whatever they said on this. I was just, my perspective wasn't right. What it boils down to. It's not necessarily uh, an e- ego thing at all, but I do have to acknowledge that ego plays a part. Yes. If you acknowledge ego, then it's not ego. If you know there's ego, the, the, then you're keeping your ego in check. You see what I'm saying? Right. Because once you don't realize it's ego, then well then that's when you're being ran by ego. So yes, yeah, so there's always ego. But my whole thing is 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 right now I'm working with my ego to try out some new flavor. Sure. You see what I'm that saying? Makes sense. So it's like it's a balance. Yeah. You know? well, I mean it
0: And it's hard too because we grew up in like a Western society where it's all ego driven. You know, like you even look up to music stars that have money and well we still do yeah yeah yeah, that's what we do
1: right now right
0: yeah i mean it's a it's it's an ego driven consumer society and then the opposite is like the eastern culture where it's all about death to the ego and well to me it seems like two extremes when maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle maybe you don't have to completely kill your ego maybe you don't have to become completely consumed by your ego maybe you can work in tandem you know, ego is why we, we, we stay healthy. Like ego is what motivates us to to do things. Not always the motivator, but it's a tool. You can use it. It's like it's money. Tool. It doesn't have to yeah. be negative by default. You can, right. you can see that it has the potential to be negative, but you can also use it as a tool to accomplish your goals. You right. know?
1: So tool for sure. I really like that. Yeah. I just, I work hand in hand with my ego, but my ego is in check. Yeah. You know? My ego's in check. Very rarely does my ego ever check me. I'm not gonna lie; it does sometimes, and I call myself out when I need when when I need to. But usually, I'm checking my ego. You know, right? It's
0: it's so funny because, again, trigger warning goes back to just cutting out bullshit. Burger you know, the ego can feed you bullshit. So once you start trying to cut out bullshit, and you're looking for the ego, it becomes a lot more easy to spot. I think i love the podcast because to me it just seems so organic dude it is and it just goes so so we just kind of started talking so i have no idea how ron's going to edit the intro but then i don't know how it's going to end but it's probably going to end with something really cool it's going to end something and so that ending is probably coming up really soon this is not the end If anything uh, take take some of that information from tonight you know look it up yourself at your own pace when you're in a good headspace and you have a little bit of free time and
1: dude it's it's weird man I think episode three needs to we need to have Adam over I think that's a wonderful idea and I think you need to start with the Randy Ron and Adam I think that would be a, a that great would be little, wonderful. Would be a nice a night. So Adam, we need you for this next for this next podcast, bro. Yeah, I love so. Adam. Adam. <laughs> Adam. I love Adam too. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's great. What's What's funny is too is that was all the people at my high school. You know, so. If we've got 20 listeners, yeah. two of them have to be people that was on that tape.
0: That's hilarious. <laughs> so, that's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's freaking funny.
0: That is really cool. Somewhere, somewhere, I think, in a hard drive, hopefully, it's still around, I have the completely uncut... Emphasis. Well, no, I have that for sure. Wow. But I have the completely uncut uh, audio tape that the the... the Cause the you're not I love listening. Randy, Ron, and Adam. It was like a, a... four-minute compilation of like some of the best ones that we like. But I have, I think I have the whole uncut one No somewhere. way, no. Nice. Yeah.
1: But I can't believe I did that. What was his name, Mister Hurdle? You're not, yeah, you're not listening. You're not listening. not <laughs> listening. I made him look so bad. <laughs> but he would do that over and over. Yeah. Again. Yeah. You're not listening. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah, the old emphasis stuff too. I'm going to be releasing a new song in a couple days. I'm guessing it's going to take me, uh, 10 days, two weeks or so to finish the instrumental album, but it's going to be way worth it. It's going to sound so much better. Yeah. So much better.
0: I agree. I think that, uh, I think that something like this, it's a great thing for you as, as a project, but it's also a great thing for, for artists that are trying to put out a project. Right. And so I, I think it's 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 good for everyone that could potentially be involved for using sure. these these instrumentals to, the, to their advantage to make some really cool music, which I would love I would love to hear. Honestly, that could be a thing, man. We could we could devote a whole episode of the podcast to people that have made songs with the instrumentals. If you wanted to, so I'm just brainstorming. I think
1: that would be really
0: great. Where we could play a song and 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 talk about the song, or yeah, looking, give props
1: to the person that made the song. I'm or... looking forward to um, these last couple that I, I I leased out to hearing what they create with them. Yeah, that's really, that's a really cool feeling. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear what what happens with these songs. Hopefully, I I get to hear them. You know. Yeah. Because I, I encourage people, if they buy a beat off me, to um, let me hear it afterwards. Yeah. You know?
0: yeah that's got to be really cool.
1: Heck yeah. Oh, Beans, yeah. It was going to say... Um, instrumentals. It was going to say, you know, we're doing an episode roughly every two weeks, but how we was talking about doing some split-screen action. Yes. You know, so we're talking about maybe doing... Because uh, we
0: can't get together physically as often as... Right. As- so maybe doing some shorter, not like full hours length podcast, maybe minutes 20, 30 minutes, 20, whatever. 30 minutes, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Whatever happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No guidelines. Yeah. Just whatever. Yeah. Might even be a five minute. Yeah. Might turn it into a five hour. Yeah.
0: You know? we, we might even do one episode where it's just us brushing our teeth. Dude, I've did that. I know. That's why we should do another. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't forget to brush your teeth. <laughs> nice. That's so great. Yeah,
0: yeah. So there's that. I, I, I don't know if we would title that series or just make it like a, a spinoff with the same title, but just be I, random
1: stuff. Yeah, random. Yeah, it stuff. could be
0: anything—a project that we got going on, or if there's a random thought that we just want to get out into the collective, or a hot topic of the day,
1: or all right. So, so on that. Technically
0: note, man. now, technically now, it's Wednesday, September fourth. We started on the third. That's so-
1: Dude, this episode is two days long. All right, man. All right, man. Well, been real. It's
0: been been fun. It's been stuck around. We appreciate you listening to our ramblings
1: and so rambling. Yeah, we're ramblers. Yeah, you know. But we love people. So if you ever want, oh, I love, dude. If you ever want a reference on something we talk about, I do love people. I do love people. Like really, if you're listening to this right now, like I love you. I love you. I really love you. No, really. Like seriously. Yep. I love people. Dude, I just love to be out walking and, like, wave at people or say hi to people. You know, that. And here's here's the thing, too. I, I did this the other day, and I, but I do this all the time. I just like to say hi to people and stuff. I know it's so weird, right? But um, No, that should no, be normal. No, though. that's what I, right. That was, like, a sarcastic yeah. weird. Oh, that was, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Got you you nice. got me, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously, though. Here's the thing, man. Like, and I came home when I wrote about it, and I told people. Like seriously, if you're out like waving at people and you say hi to people, drive by and stuff, not only does that, um, energy carry into their life and then they pass that on, Mm. that loving energy really might be what that person needed to, um, make a better decision that moment or, uh, be nicer to their kids on the phone, whatever it may be, that energy carried into that person's life. Yeah. Transferred. but I do this often, but i i it was almost like a small experiment. I wanted to wave at every car that passed me when I was going from point A to point B. I had to walk to the to the store. I wanted to consciously make an effort to smile and wave at every person that that passed in, in a car. I did, but what i what I started to notice was is that it was making me feel so much better.
0: Oh wow.